genre. What up, nerds? Welcome to Tales from the Short Box, doing genres only comic book podcast. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here, as I'm always here with the other voices on this show, Sean Petit. What up? RJ Vite. Heyo. And returning from the, the, the trenches of free comic book day, Casey's back. Hello. As a, as a, uh, just a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read uh, recent books or the books we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to spoil this for you. So I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story this week is The Good Asian by Pornstack Pichichote, Alexander Tefenki, and Lee Lowridge. Yep. Can we say that? Can we say that we're dueling genres only comic book podcast? I don't you know. Just right did. Y- yeah, you you made it very clear. <laughs> is, is that the yeah. case? You you put that shit out there, so it better be true. <laughs> I, I hope it's true. Shit. I think uh, so. I mean, I think there's like comic book adjacent ones that talk about things that are adapted from comic books. But yeah, like- there's pl- there's plenty of we there's plenty of Marvel stuff if you're looking for it on dueling genre. There's plenty of other kind. Of, I, I think we're the only ones that talk about comics proper. I believe that so. is accurate. And and if not, not to, fuck those guys. <laughs> not to cast any stones. I just I, I I've been trying to think of a new uh, a new intro since we're not just doing last week's comics anymore. It also oh, kind of felt like aggressive. Like it felt like was it a little it, too yeah. much? It yeah. felt well, like you, you were. It, it felt like you were refuting an accusation. Yeah, it sounded like you were fighting <laughs> with someone about it. I'm up for rivalry. Keep things interesting. Yeah, no, yeah let's fuck it. Let's do it. No hard feelings to yeah. anyone beef, else. I'm up job. for it. Yeah, nothing better for people's careers than rat beef. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh hey man. man, if it gives us listeners, you know, it works every time, man. Have I? So this is totally off topic, but have I ever told you all my anecdotal story about the the word beef, the colloquialism beef? I don't like where this is going. <laughs> like, no, it's great. Either yeah. do okay. I. So when sure. I worked, no. at, when I worked at fucking Hot Topic, so that's that's what t- time period we're talking. Like, I still you know, wish fifteen I could, years ago. I wish I could have met that person. I'm still that person. I didn't. Change I still much. think we would have hated each other. Hated each other. If we met each other at that phases of our Only lives. Only if you were a mall rat. I hated the mall rats. But anyway, when I worked at Hot Topic, um, there was an exchange student working with us um, named Maria, who's from Lithuania, and she was she was. Fluent in English, but a lot of the colloquialisms didn't catch on because, like, she learned English in Lithuania, so she didn't have, like, American slang. Yeah. So, like... She didn't know where the beef was. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, like, so, so our, our manager... That was the original beef. Yeah. <laughs> so this girl walks in, and our manager turns to us and is just like, oh, my God, I hate, I hate this chick. Oh, my God. Ugh. And then... Um, and, and then, like, Maria's like, oh, what's wrong? She's like, oh, I've just got beef with her. And she's like, what? What are you? What do you mean? You got beef? And, and she's like, oh, well, you know, like, we have a disagreement. We don't like each other. <laughs> so later on, I was talking about something, like, ex-boyfriend or so. I forget the, the topic that I was discussing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, me and this person, they don't, we don't get along. And Maria goes, oh, you have meat with her. <laughs> this is person you have meat with. Like <laughs> That's fantastic. So anytime someone says beef, I'm just like, oh yes, I, I have meat with this person. Well, that being said, we didn't mean to start any meat with any of the other <laughs> dueling genre podcasts. We've got a lot of book to cover, um, so let's let's try to. I didn't realize that until uh, we were like 
had already picked this book and we were I was like halfway through reading it to like do this episode. Uh happy AAPI Heritage Month. Uh, oh, hey. yeah, we accidentally kind of synced what up on that. What a happy accident. Yeah, what a happy accident. It's a better book. <laughs> yeah. I mean weird. that jokingly and seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it covers yeah. both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I got an image number one because that's how I do. Um, few of and those we're this week. fucking ancient. Yeah. Everyone here is 80 years old. <laughs> yeah. Especially Sean. <laughs> Wow, fuck, that's, that's all. I'm gonna talk about some barbecued meats soon, your favorite topic. Anyway, uh, let's not start billion, any more meat here. Eight, yeah, eight billion genies, number one by Charles Soleil and Ryan Brown. Um, so this is the story of a small town bar, the Lampwick Bar and Grill, um, run by uh, what. I'm convinced is the wizard from Curse Words. <laughs> yeah, and this is the same creative team from Curse Words, so that's fun. Yeah, so it already has that vibe um, going in. I, I, I'm already expecting a book like that, but it like it definitely sets a different tone early on. So basically, we open up this kids walking into a bar. <laughs> the bartender's like, "Can I get you a beer?" He's like, "I'm I'm 12, man." <laughs> oh, but it's your birthday. It's like, yeah, but. I'm a light beer. <laughs> yeah, because he's there to pick up his dad, who's passed out at the bar and supposed to hang out with him for his birthday. It's also a local band setting up for a show um, in an empty bar, and they're hoping that someone shows up. <laughs> um, in there. Then we get these uh, tourists that are looking for a different bar, but they're just having trouble um, communicating because they don't speak uh, English, so they have like a, a phone translator, and it it keeps translating all of their stuff wrong. Um, so the kids at the bar and they ask like, Hey, can you tell me, uh, is this the lamplight tavern? And ask, Hey boy, do you have a light? <laughs> He's like, yeah, here you go. Here's some matches. And his wife's like, why the fuck did you ask for matches? It's like, I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> so the bartender comes in, he speaks Mandarin is able to help these guys out. Um, tells them it's the wrong bar. And the husband is like beside himself. He's like, I oh, put in the GPS. I wish, I don't, he took it really hard that he was at the wrong bar, which I thought to me sent off like a weird vibe just because, like, knowing the last book that they did like this, it's like, all right, one of these people is looking or is a wizard. Like, something's about to pop off. <laughs> um, so the band is kind of figuring out how they're going to do. Two of them go outside and intersperse between them talking. Um, the, the one guy is asking the girl, out on a date like you know there's this inner this scene that's interspliced of someone giving birth in france and then right after that you see this like blue light and just bonjour 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 and it's these it's just these two genies like hello it's great to meet you every person on earth has a genie now <laughs> and then it and they goes back to the bar and everyone has this new genie and the rules that they all get one wish. Well, then I'm going to wish for more wishes. No, you don't no, get three, you get one. I, um, I remember. Like, well, then I wish that there's no rules on wishes. Before I, uh, <laughs> before I read this, I was like, that's a lot of genies. And then I, and then I was reading through and I was like, oh, 
I should have put that together that it was one per population, but I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> and I really liked how they visualized it because there's a big page that says the first eight seconds and it shows the globe and all of the blue light from all the genies and it says human population, eight billion, genie population, eight billion. And then quickly people start making their wishes. The guy at the bar was like, look, I want no wish that's made outside can affect the bar here which is 100 so the smartest genie wish i have ever seen in any Absolutely. piece of fiction that's why i'm like this, this, something's this, up with this dude this that's fucking how he guy did, yeah. he declared yeah. base yeah, yeah. Base. yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was 100%. way too quick on knowing that shit was about to hit the fan so yeah. hard that he's like i i need to protect this place and nothing else like and that, like, that is a wizard to the kid yeah talking to the kid he's like basically he's like you speak man and he's like yo i've seen some shit it's like, all right, something's up with this. Which dude. also explains why he doesn't have any concept of what 12 years old means. Right. Because he's, in a, he's right. an immortal genie, probably. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, that's my. Uh, if I'm right, if we're right, which I'm 100% right, I'm going to be really happy. Or he's an that. alien. He could be an alien, maybe. I don't know. Some kind of. of some of, kind of. Uh, uh, something extraterrestrial or magical being. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like it then. He's like, okay, done. Enjoy the show. And then. The genie just poofs out of existence, and then everyone's like, what the fuck? And then the next big splash page I really liked, it's the first eight minutes, and it shows the Earth again, but it's square. <laughs> Who wished for that? <laughs> Who wished the, for that? They've Someone who couldn't think of earthers. anything. Um, <laughs> he has some explosion, and they show human population, 7,999,000,000, genie population, 7,900,000,000. And ninety-eight billion. All right. So somehow a million genies, <laughs> two million, a million more genies than people got wished on. So, so not everyone wished to kill people. If the <laughs> if the Earth is a cube, is Earth flat? I think that's part. That's where my brain went. Part we, of it's flat. No, but <laughs> I mean six six parts of it are flat. Yeah, but just yeah. yeah. How does that work? Even if it's a disc, it's still technically not flat. Hmm. Well, no, it could be like a flat disc held up by turtles. Wow, there's illogic yeah. on, the back of, not. on the back of elephants. Yeah, there's a exactly. there's a lack of logic it. and flatter. It's still not flat because you have like fractal edges and things like that. But hmm. um, oh so yeah, why don't you go talk see... to some flat earthers and convince them that that's a thing? Yeah, uh, yeah I will. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, Why hasn't anyone talked sense into these people? Yeah, it's, it's almost like no one's even tried. It's crazy. <laughs> I like I like the logic of not combating, uh, not combating anything else like science. Just that if the Earth was in fact flat, it wouldn't actually be that flat. Right. <laughs> There's still topography, even if it's flat, right. guys. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking right. geometry here. Just artering semantics with people. Yeah, who argue fight semantics. them at their own game. Yeah. Uh, then we start seeing the aftermath of the characters we've met wishing. So the girl who was just asked out on a date asked for the other person in the band to fall in love. The third guy with? who was inside. The third guy who was inside. And then the guy who just asked her out was like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> and uh, goes back in. I just have to say, I have been around and been friends with some dysfunctional bands. And this band... Oh, yeah. They should never have gone on tour with this yeah, much, yeah. like, like crush drama going on. Yeah, like, it holy seems like this was shit. a this was a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No. Like, you should um, not be performing shows if you have a weird love triangle with the only three members of your band. <laughs> that's how you get a smelly band. Mm-hmm. I just like how we get some, uh, that's, well, also, that's how you get a Greatest Hits album, so, you know. That's, that's <laughs> that is a, true. That's how you get Rumors by Fleetwood well, Mac. That's, that's how you yeah, get and, one of the greatest oh, albums of all time. That's an <laughs> accidental Greatest Hits album. Like, that's yeah. a whole album that's just But it just started with everyone fucking everybody else behind each other's backs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we quickly get some world building, which I really liked. So, by this guy declaring bass, since this the third member of the band was in the bar... The wish didn't work on him because that's the safe magical space. So, and then she walks in. He's like, "Hey, you know, how do you feel about us?" She's like, "I, I, I don't, I don't like you like that." It's like, "Well, I wished for it." He's like, "That's fucked up." <laughs> yeah, that's almost like you took away my consent. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So uh, they're all kind of coming to grips with it a little bit. Then they open the door, and then we get, <laughs> we get this giant splash page of a. <laughs> of shit that's going on outside we got like uh, a, a mech shooting people a giant uh ca- a truck full of money there's people flying there's rocket ships spiking people flying cars a giant aliens a castle a, a cowboy riding a t-rex it's just a crazy as shit yo some people wish for some dumb shit yeah then they go through a little bit like well someone wishes for um more money than they know what to do with teleportation wish i could walk again wish i could be young wish i could fly <laughs> love i've always dreamed about um that's anime this- porn that person just made it was anime porn. Real. yeah they I, made I, I like real. the guy who just wished to be giant he's just like a regular old dude he just but- wants to be a big guy yeah, yeah. So I you like can't undo one... it when it's inconvenient. Yeah. Like, yeah, where's right. he? Where's where's he supposed to get clothes? What's the, he gonna eat? The giant castle store, I guess. Um, he gonna like <laughs> go to the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's gotta you go gotta, to a specialist. Those are some big old balls. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, oh man, the one that I've, prostate I kinda felt, exam. The one I felt bad about was clearly like the the woman fighting with someone in her family, saying they'd wish they'd burn in hell, and then they just disappeared. Yeah, that's that's like a the- that's a bad timing kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels um, like it's like oh, you didn't think this was literal, and it's it, it's like a uh, that scene in Preacher when he tells the the cop to go fuck himself, yeah. and he yeah. cuts off yeah. his own dick and shoves yep. it up. Well, like, like oh but, no, but, oh god, I didn't think about what that actually meant. <laughs> with my luck, like I I would get a genie right after finishing an ice cream cone and going, man, I wish I had another one of those. Right, right like, exactly. <laughs> That's um, it. That was my wish. So we had like a seventy-five set ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, fuck. I mean, you could have done a lot worse, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I also like the nice little touch of the world. The genies look like the people. Yeah, they're like little, like cartoon like genie versions of them. Yeah, which I yeah they're like little cool. fart versions of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so basically, yeah, like as, now we've gone on to we see more of the world, but like, yeah, someone's got a full on like Gundam, which is fucking awesome. That's a um, good wish. That's a because you a can still be a regular wish. guy. You're still a, a regular, regular guy, guy a at the end of the day. You just get out of the Gundam. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, yeah, but then it's you like, got to yeah. pay for fuel and registration and, and taxes on the Gundam. <laughs> Be like, fuck you! I have a Gundam. Yeah, you could you could just declare war on it. whichever nation has the resource to that your Gundam is fueled on. <laughs> yeah, and I like this issue. While as goofy as it is, ends with like 
this little blurb uh, like, oh, what would you ask for? Would you ask for something for yourself? Take something from someone else? Would you help? Would you hurt? Would you change yourself or change the world or forget about your wish? What about everyone else? And then the next issue is going to be the first eight hours. So to put in, this is the first eight minutes that this happened on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> shit hit the fan it's just chaos. Um, so, my, so that's a good question. Well, what, and uh, the other thing, the other thing is like, which I, I see where you're going with that. And I agree. That is a good question. But my, the, 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 the <laughs> logistics of this is like, does one person's wish negate another? And like, how is it determined? Is it determined by like, order of operations because I would, like this, i would imagine so yeah because this guy wished for nothing no wishes to affect the bar but like then her wish was negated by his wish because he i guess he wished it first yeah so, like, my right wish away. was i wish that my genie worked in the bar but then you only then get you, one then wish, you're done so. you're done yeah. you don't have a, yeah but like what if i wish somebody died at right I as they say that they're immortal or what if, what if someone was in the bar right when they figured out that happened, went outside and went, I wish that guy's bar wasn't exempt from genie magic. I wish that guy's just bar to, didn't just exist. Just out of spite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wish that guy and his bar would fuck off. Because that could be the way he worded it. It's like, I, no wish made outside this bar can affect this bar or anything or any, anyone or anything inside it. Oh, so he that's was very, pretty, he was very clear. Yeah, this dude knows what's type. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for he, sure, this dude knows. It's what's not up. a be careful what you wish for because he knew he knew how it to was phrase very it. Very specific, multiple genie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, look, this isn't my first genie. genie okay, <laughs> genie occurrences. But, All right, so yeah. we're already running long, but I want to know what everyone's one wish would be. I already know yeah. what yours is, Adam. It is to wish for no rules. No, 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 no. Like realistically, pocket it's, a, it's pocket deli. Oh obviously. yeah. Pocket deli. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I know you too well. It's just pocket deli. Uh, <laughs> There's too many practical uses. This has the, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would be something stupid. You always want to realize, like, you always want to believe you would have an altruistic uh, one, but you know, at the end of the day, I'd probably do something stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, I think, I feel like I would wait honest. too long. I would wait too long to make my wish, and everyone else would, like, ruin my ability to make my wish somehow. You know what I mean? Mm. I would you could just, just wait for everyone and just fix the world after. Yeah. So can we just yeah? <laughs> can we just undo all of this? A big old reset button and say fuck everyone wish, else's wish wishes. Wish all the genies away. Yeah. No more. I, mean, I wish there were no more mutants. I feel like I'd be the <laughs> one of the last ones to wish because I don't think these genies have ever seen me play an RPG. <laughs> just <laughs> resources as long as possible. It's just in your inventory forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would like to say um, no more people just taking away people's rights. You know, yeah. you always want to believe that's what you would say, but it's like, man, maybe I just would like to be taller, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just something fucking stupid. You wish stupid. you were a little bit taller? Yeah, I wish uh, I could be a baller, bro. I want to <laughs> see the person who wished for more genies, but they don't, they're not like, wish granting genies and yeah they just have genie friends yeah they're just stuck with like 15 (laughs) genies Mm -hmm. oh man yeah Yeah. no i i think i would wish for like everyone to have unlimited like resources whatever that may be like food food, water shelter everyone on on earth has infinite food water shelter for life 
The end. That's pretty good. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel silly with my sandwich. Like you said, I was, I, yeah, no, I, I'm, but I'm with you, Adam. Like rubber meets the road. I, I'm probably closer to pocket deli than I am to world peace or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Wow. But see, that's the, that's the thing. Is just if you being wish real for, with myself. World, world peace is so ambiguous that that's going to fuck up somehow. Yeah. If you wish for just everyone to have their yeah, basic right, needs true. met, yeah. then there's yeah. no need for war. Right? Like, no, true. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> and if I but can, if I like, pocket deli, I can just go around and give everyone sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. Know, you're only one guy. You're you're not, world you're hunger. Gonna be, you're going to be Santa, sandwich Santa? Like, that's a lot of I could be your sandwich Santa, Sean. <laughs> I wish we could move on. Yeah, we, we can't, should. RJ, we can't. We can never move on. All right. All right. I got a thing. Um, speaking of Dude. number ones that are super fun, yeah. uh, I've got Grim number one by Stephanie Phillips, Flaviano, and Rico Rin- Rinzi. Um, yeah, this was really fun. It's uh, uh, someone told me it's similar to um, uh, oh god, what's that show called? Fuck, now I forget. Uh, not Six Feet Under. The other one about death. Dead like me. Somebody said it's the, it's the mm. premise of Dead Like Me, but I never watched that show. So, uh, gotcha. Text so us, D- DM us if you've seen that show, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. But basically, the premise <laughs> of this book is um, it starts out with a guy uh, driving drunk and uh, killing himself, uh, which I could have told you that was going to happen, buddy. Maybe, maybe don't do that. To, maybe want to listen to Blue Oyster Cult too. Hey, I mean. F- don't don't yeah. talk shit on Blue Oyster Cult. That shit. No, I'm sh- saying I'm serious. I made me want to listen to Blue. Uh, that oh was yeah, a no. Statement. Yeah, that, yeah, that song slaps. The, yeah, the, 100%. but also, you know, maybe you should fear the Reaper because and they now have a song about Godzilla. One. Like, let's be real. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Slaps. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, this dude dies and he's confronted by a Grim Reaper. Um, and she doesn't appear to be, you know, what you would expect as a Grim Reaper, so that's that's his first, like, what the hell is going on? And he doesn't Just believe her that... Adorable. Yeah, yeah, her name is Jessica Harrow, and she's super cute. Um, kind of fucking heckles her a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> this guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the what's the first clue that he's a dick? That he was drunk driving? Uh, <laughs> obviously. That is like, oh, Halloween's over. What are, how did you get here? It's like, alright, calm down, bro. <laughs> yeah i don't think you have any uh you know glass houses and and, and throwing stones and all that you don't really have yeah. a leg to stand on here uh buddy but yeah so eventually he does begin to believe her that as she like takes him on the river sticks he's like oh shit the river sticks is real and she's like yeah you can call it whatever you want but like it exists in every mythology here it is it's the river of souls to get you to your afterlife and uh they basically basically take him to like the sorting hat of souls um wait wait it's like the bureaucracy of like wait for your number to be called you're in the the literal waiting room of death the this is very bill and ted's bogus journey for sure yeah Yeah. it has notes of a lot of things like that and is still very like its own thing which i like like Um, i'm half expecting him to challenge her to a game of bop it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this guy does not know how to play chess. He can't do Seventh Seal uh, shit. He's got to do t- Bill Ted's Bogus Journey shit. Um, yeah, like uh, Miss Pac-Man or something. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but throughout the... As he's asking her questions about the afterlife, we get a little bit of exposition. Like, um, you know, we find out that she doesn't know how she died, but basically everyone else does. We find out that there are tons of Reapers and, like, it's just a job in the afterlife. Um, and, like, there's lots of different pieces of that bureaucracy. I like, like, I like the different ones that they have. They're, like, themed per time period, right? Or something? Yeah. yeah I don't know. 
Well, I, I think they kind of have the choice because, like, two of the Grim Reapers are, like, razzing each other. And he's like, like you'll, uh, one guy's like, you'll never guess what she asked me. And then the, his, his other Reaper friend is like, why is a man dressed like Lita Ford in my bedroom? Because <laughs> he's, like, an 80s rocker. <laughs> yeah. Like, right next to him, it's, a, like, a Roman gladiator. And, like, this dude's, like, a, a guy from, like, the turn of the century. I 1800s. imagine it's when you died, right? Like, it's, yeah, like, it's like, yeah. You just stick with whatever your style was back when you were, because yeah, That's this guy guess. was. Yeah, he was uh, the friend that he's talking to was born in 1876, and he looks fly as hell. You know, he's got this 1876 like velvet. Yeah, he's looking dapper as what, fuck. Man. What if you're just always wearing what you died in, and like there's a bunch of people who died on their way to a costume party, and <laughs> oh no, they're just stuck dressed like pirates and stuff. Um, this is a good time to pitch one of my favorite sitcoms, the BBC version of Ghosts. Have y'all seen that show? It's fucking spectacular. I mean, it's on the list. I heard it's really good. It's fu- it's on HBO Max. Fucking watch it immediately. Don't watch the American version. Gotta watch the British version. But like, yeah, they all died wearing what they were wearing when they died. And there's like uh, a okay. there's like a nineties like the like the prime minister died in that house at like a sex party. So he's oh, never no. wearing pants. Like he's just he's wearing a shirt and a jacket and no pants. It's like those Doom Patrol <laughs> sex ghosts. Exactly. <laughs> just Donald ducking it. Just Donald ducking Dude. it for life. If I could, uh, I'd Donald Duck it right now. But, no. Yeah. Too much, See, too that's much. why I don't do it, you know? But Don't pull a tubin. Oh, no. No tubins. No I tubins. just won't stand up, but, like, you wouldn't know. <laughs> Sorry. We're the listener certainly wouldn't. We track. might be unfortunate enough yeah. to know. We gotta run away from this. Anyway, um, so basically, she she tries to leave her, her uh, case, this guy that died, in the waiting room, and he manages to steal her scythe. And so she grabs a couple other Grim Reapers and goes after his ass. And she's like, no, 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 you don't get to. He, he immediately went to like his like ex-girlfriend and tries to patch it up with her, which is like the whole reason he was drunk driving because he was like, woe is me about losing his girlfriend. Anyway, um, so she tracks him down to New York and is just like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she like tackles him and is like beating him up in the street. And then like a cop, a, a living cop pulls her off and is just like, yo, are you like drunk in public? What's your deal? And she's like, uh, oh, 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 I think I crossed over. I think I'm what? He's like, holy fuck, you can see me. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so something happened there. Uh, and then there's there's a ominous epilogue that I don't really understand. I'm, I'm guessing because like he came back with this this scythe, so he was able to cross back over. She was brought by the other two reapers. But since she doesn't have the scythe to kind of be death anymore, like be the reaper, like she's now somehow crossed back into the world of the living. My theory um, is that since she doesn't know how she died, that she never died. Like she was like kidnapped from her mm. reality for whatever reason, for whatever Yeah, because the epilogue purpose. is like her fucking manager, basically, and the kind of was like the idea that she, this, this Jessica person was kind of like picked and groomed by this person so there could be something like that going on yeah definitely something nefarious sure. going on but it was really fun yeah. it's a really good uh new number one from boom it's a great place to jump in because like definitely feels like there's it's got some potential to be like fun and uh possibly spooky so mm, fun and spooky That's fun where and we spooky. Live. Mm-hmm. all right well i have uh not spooky but still fun yeah. <laughs> that's it that's the uh, best i got um 
My book this week is Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number one, by Tochi Onibuchi, Arby Silva, and Jesus Arbatov. Um, I talked about Captain America Zero, which was kind of the prelude to this book, and then another book that's coming out soon. Uh, but anyway, both Captain Americas are getting a solo series, and this one is Sam's. And, um... Man, I missed R.B. Silva art so bad. Oh, hell yeah. It's yeah, so it's good. It's really fucking it's good. Yep. amazing. Um, he needs to do interiors more often. This is just fucking gorgeous. Yeah, who's this fucking Hawkman looking motherfucker? It's, uh, oh, that's Falcon. Yeah, it's Falcon. The other one. No, that's Falcon. Fa- His name like, is Falcon? The green guy? Yes, the new yeah. Falcon. Yeah, because okay. Sam is Captain America. He's from Cause Falcon. Look like because that dude looks like he got real ass wings. That's why I'm like confused. Yeah, he's a um, Sam's <laughs> Falcon from like Sam's original run as Cap. Gotcha. Because uh, he also has a Falcon. So, but you know. I, he, yeah, but, I think you know. he was like a wasn't he like a, <laughs> a result of like like genetic experimentation? So he the w- wings are actually real, or like they were trying to make them. Re- I don't remember. I don't remember. something like that. But the, yeah, the okay. actual like that, Falcon though. is Red Wing. And right. Red Wing is the the best, and in the MCU, Red Wing's a fucking drone. Yeah. And I'm still bitter. I I am also still bitter. Yeah. Also, Falcon, yeah, like you could have easily just made it a bird. Also, Sam Wilson. Yeah, but then it would have been a CGI bird, and it would have looked weird. It's better than a drone. Whatever. Yeah, weird, but maybe adorable. I don't know. Anyway, in the in actual Marvel comics, Sam Wilson is a mutant, can talk to birds because it's cool and. Comic books also, aren't like, afraid to be dumb and cool. There's also an entire profession that trains birds. Yeah. That look like that. <laughs> like there's it's a whole there's words like there's a whole profession. Yeah, you could for get falconry. a real bird. <laughs> but uh Marvel would never use a real animal when they are cowards just, when they could just create one CGI. It's so much more cost effective. Yeah, because dumb it's cowards. cowards. Hashtag right, give Falcon a real bird. Got to a weird place. Uh, <laughs> hashtag bird rights. <laughs> this book is, I mean, most of this book is Sam trying to stop a train heist, which, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a great time to be perfect. Who doesn't honest. like a good train heist? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these people Honestly, are... this is instantly so much better than the TV show. Like, just so much. <laughs> it is kind of like, like the first episode of the TV show. But like but a way better version of it. It's the version I wanted the show to be. <laughs> I don't really mean to like to to roast the MCU every time I talk on this show. It you just can't happens. Help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Sam is trying to stop people who are smuggling Super Soldier Serum, and he got tipped off by Misty Knight, who they also cut to flashbacks of Sam and Misty going on a date, not date. Nice. <laughs> um, and so we get, uh, you know, Falcon and Cap trying to stop this train. Also, uh, this scene of, uh, again, the White Wolf of Wakanda uh, we saw in the Z- issue zero was kind of like uh, shown to have kind of a scheme building. And in this, we see him go to a jail cell and meet with Crossbones. Uh, so, you know, they're setting up his plot even more. And, you know, you need Crossbones is just classic cat villain, so exciting yeah. to see that. Um, it was good, just a good time seeing Sam 
take down this train heist and uh being being a superhero really enjoyed yeah, it fuck that train yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> oh, that sounds dope yeah it was it was a really like cl- like instantly a classic cap story yeah. like so well executed uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it has it has all the the right vibes and i'm, I'm loving it Okay. Top story time. Oh yeah. All right. Let me buckle let me get it, stretched everyone. out for this, this is one a because lot of book. we're about to vomit so much word at you, and I'm gonna we're gonna do our best to give you the best of this story. It's a noir pulp thriller, right? Like yeah. It's let me, a let whole... me set the. I'm gonna set okay. the table. Set the we'll tone. start there. But yes, that's the genre. We have a which you know noir pulp thriller are i feel like our bread and butter these days so it's yep. uh this we're set in 1936 san francisco um this is where our story talks and it kind of starts starts off with the classic cop 30s dialogue and i fucking love it <laughs> um just kind of talking about like you know the golden gate bridge how everyone gets distracted by the golden and there's still a gate building you know trying to really keep people out and you know avoiding people from getting in and it kind also, of rolls into some history not golden so, why is it called yeah why? it's orange as fuck yeah it's more of a red really <laughs> yeah it gets more red at this point so we get some this is what we really set the stage so um we get this big splash page of kind of the history of what this book is really going to be and the time and the environment that we're starting so in 1882 uh there was a ban on you on chinese immigration into the united states um, they were effectively being blamed for the depression that happened years prior. The Great so Depression, they, that was the Great Depression before we had the Great Depression that right. we now call the Great Depression. Yeah, so this was the uh, Chinese Exclusion who Act. Who can keep track? That's a lot yeah. of depression. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think later they talk about this was the Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, it pretty much banned anyone who wasn't a diplomat, a merchant, or a student, or already a U.S. citizen from emigrating into the country. Um, and then in 1924, they talked about the Johnson Reed Act, which expanded the ban to include more Asians, uh, Asian countries and Arabs. And then 1936, um, after this original ban, um, this, this was the first generation of Chinese and Chinese Americans to grow up under this ban in place. And this is kind of where our story starts. Um, people, him sitting in this holding cell called Angel Island. Detention where all center. Of these, detention center, yeah. Where all these immigrants are trying to get into the country and they're talking about how they are asked 105 interview questions on average to prove that they're who they are so they can get into the country um and talking about how some people are there for months just weeks on end it impossible just, for anyone to yeah. actually come through right it's, it's just um, like then, it, you know yeah. it's books like this um i i'll try to not diverge too much but like we've just always been this country this country is like you know yeah yeah like yep. i I was talking to my mom the other day, and she's like, I don't know how it got so bad. I'm like, it has always been bad. You just, you just have to... You didn't know about it. Yeah, you, didn't know you just about didn't it know... Because they're not allowed to teach this in schools. Yeah, and also, like, you are you aren't Asian. Like, you, you weren't right. raised by people that lived through this. So, like, of course you wouldn't know, but, like... Right. Fuck! I've, yeah, sorry. I mean, 
I didn't know about how like much about this before this book. Me either. Uh, yeah, I, and I think that's kind of you know to the point, right? Like one, you don't learn about it growing up at school, and two, we don't have, um, we don't. They didn't, you know, growing up. A lot of these people, even including older generations, there wasn't really a method unless it was in a newspaper. You weren't hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless and, you were in and knew these people that it was happening to. And it's yeah. inconvenient to the uh, entire concept of America, right? Mm. Like, this yeah. is like... Well, uh, yeah, it, it f- flies in the face of what everyone believes America to be. Exactly. And... and <laughs> yeah. So, Keep so on, yeah, let's pivot in, hard on that. In, <laughs> in, this, in this, like, transition room, this, like, waiting room to, like, try to get into America, we meet the main character, yeah. Edison Hark. Who is just great fucking name. great detective pulp name? It's so good. Awesome detective name. He's got this badass got... scar on his eye. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He's, so cool. yeah, he's got the whole look. <laughs> I love him. He's got a whole vibe. Yeah. So he's in this center, and he's kind of talking with this kid, and he, you know, we kind of learn that he he likes to the the adult. He he's an artist, likes to draw. He's draw. You know, he draws really well. And he drew the kid, mm. and the uh, you know, trying to give him some pointers, and kind of relating to him, and. And he has this inner monologue. It's like the kids, like, oh, how, you know, think I'll ever get out of here? And he's just like, I, dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, like, yeah, I well, hope so. The line that he says specifically <laughs> like, is like, I, I stop being Edison Clark for uh, Edison Hark for a second, and I tell him the truth. And then yeah, later on, Edison, he's like, mm-hmm. he tells the kid like, oh, it's gonna be okay. Don't worry. And he's like, there I am, lying again, back to being Edison Clark uh, Hark. God yeah, and Edison it. Hark is like this. It we kind of learn that's kind of how he describes his survival f- mode, the persona, like how he's learned to adapt and grow and be uh, not accepted, but a more of a con- member of society. That's ex- yeah. of, you know someone that is could be accepted. Yeah. Um, We've been talking a lot about survival stories of like marginalized people who have to do what they have to do to get by. That's what a lot of this this book is, right? That's that's a big part of what this book is. It's not fucking easy being an Asian detective in the in yeah, and and, an Asian police officer with rank. Yeah, like that's yeah. So he became a police officer in in Hawaii, and he's being held because he's trying to go to San Francisco, and just going from Hawaii. To San Francisco, he has to go through all of this. Um, but eventually, they f- <laughs> uh, someone in charge finds out that he is knows and has relations with Mason Caraway, who is a local millionaire. And they're like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't. I, didn't we didn't know. You didn't tell us you know a millionaire. Come on in. Yeah, Come and then he immediately just gets shuffled right out. It's like motherfucker. Like, like, I didn't want- what are you doing amongst all these?" other people people yeah it's like fuck dude just say like just be a piece of shit if you want to be a like come on man this that's so much worse the 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 one thing that this book does really well is kind of it doesn't hide the overt racism in the room like no it 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 i think puts it right out in the open yeah Yeah. and i think telling it from the the side of eddie it's almost highlighting it because he he talks about one he's seeing it, but he's also talking about how he deals with it, yeah. navigates it, and almost makes it like softens it so they can he can be accepted in a fucked up way. Also, let's not um, forget this is the fucking thirties. 
Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you couldn't so talk that to a white tip. guy for five right. minutes without hearing the most visceral shit. Just yeah. a lot of slurs in this book that we're going to yeah. try. We're going to successfully navigate around a lot of slurs that yeah, were that's used by Asian creators. So like, it's fine, but like, we're not going to say them. We're just, and it's just it. you know, it's important to tell a historical story as well. Right. There's recognition that this is a slur. This is bad. It is important for this type of story, especially, and the creators, you know, being, you know, uh, you know, of that heritage and things like that. Make, you know, clearly yeah. there's a reason it's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so quickly now we pitch over to the detective part of the book. And I thought they did a really cool job throughout the whole series of doing this. So he kind of talks about how he's always had this keen eye for obs- observation and to seeing what other people don't see and being a cop. So they go to this house and I his, love how they illustrate this. His quote unquote partner O'Malley is roughing up this family, trying to get answers out of somebody. He's just kind of standing there. Um, and like, he notices people looking at him. It's like, yeah, he's the only other Chinese person. So they're looking to him to help. And he's like, oh, I can't really help. But he notices quickly, like he's, you know, like some, and it highlights it with these red boxes. Like, he sees like scratch marks. He sees, you know, something on this eye. He sees like a, just someone looking at like a flower pot. And he like makes a quick decision, like knowing his partner basically is like his partner is going to arrest or beat the shit out of this entire family unless this, the, the, the father of the family gives him what he wants. So he immediately was like, the dope's in the flower pot. You're, you're a junkie. Uh, just admit it so we can all, we can just arrest you. And they finally, they, they catch him, and then he's c- confronted by the family. He's like, look, you were all going to get arrested because he wasn't willing, because c- he, he was hiding dope, and he wasn't going to give it up, and he was putting everyone in danger. So, like, this is his, in his mind, he sacrificed the one drug-dealing, you know, person to save these other two, and that's, like, the only way he can really help Yeah, it, it's It's these more harm mitigation than it is, like, actively Help. helping the community. Also, he catches right. him by fucking throwing uh, iron down multiple flights of stairs. And yeah, just he drops impressive. it down the stairwell. Him. Yeah. What, what an <laughs> unbelievable shot. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, and that could have killed him. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was a dude that he like, home he's alone yelling at him. <laughs> and then like the son who's like, yo, why the fuck do you do that? He just grabs him by the dick and he's like, look, bro. I just saved your ass. And then I guess the dude pissed in his hand. <laughs> but it's like, alright, that's an aggressive maneuver, just grabbing someone's dick and just, like, yelling at Detective him. Detective like, right. pissy bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he calls himself, yeah. And he talks about that, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna be Detective pissy mitts. and he makes O'Malley laugh, and he's like, oh, you know, smile means empathy, whether they know it or not, and I can slowly start to have people accept me. Yeah, as I can this be dude treated like just- a human if I can get him to laugh at my jokes. I love, yeah. I love how they- Even if they my illust- jokes are at the expense of the citizen that I was trying to save. Yeah, and, and me. <laughs> yeah. I love how they illustrate his observations. Like, they'll put a red box around, like, his eye, and then yeah. a little red box around the things that he notices. Yeah, I love really cool. that, that little tool. Yeah, because they do this, like, analysis of O'Malley, and he's just kind of a- He's your- Exactly what you think a older white cop in the 1930s would be. <laughs> Specifically on the Chinatown beat. Well, yeah. Also, yeah. he's a drunk. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's a well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Exactly yeah, what I think from a pulpy noir cop. Classic O'Malley. 
Yeah. Yeah. His name's O'Malley. Like it's just it's the biggest stereotypes across the board for, for this shit. Um, so we get to the crux of the story now, which is, um, and we get some history, but ultimately his, we find out that he, his mother, um, and him were taken in after their father split and they were taken in by this wealthy millionaire in Hawaii and they took care of him and the family. And then when his mother was murdered, uh, as we find out, uh, Caraway kind of adopted him as his, his son. Um, yeah. So, so Mason Caraway is the patriarch of this like family. He's a millionaire. Uh, his, uh, Eddie's mom was his maid. And yes, uh, and then uh, Eddie's mom dies because uh, there's like a break in, um, and yeah, she's and like she's murdered. Killed. Yeah, she's she's just like collateral damage in this like robbery. And, and she she would have never gotten justice if it wasn't for Mason like throwing his money and his clout around. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah there, that's we'll get to that too because that is a very yeah. So we talk about that, and basically, so he's fallen ill. So his son uh, Frankie, um, you know we. Eddie calls him his brother. So, you know, since they grew up together um, and basically he's called back because Mason Carroll, the old man, there was another maid <laughs> named Ivy Chen who um, worked for them. And apparently they had this kind of feelings, you know, with each other. And this seems to be a pattern with Mr. Carraway. <laughs> Um, falling in love with his his maids, um, younger Asian, mates. younger Asian. Mates. I thought for sure this was going to end up being that um, Edison was his son. Like I thought oh, for sure yeah. that was going to be a thing. Like, yeah, unless there, I thought that was going to be part of it. Um, but yeah, they <laughs> there's a, a bit a twist around the middle that made me go, okay, there's no way. Yeah, they pivoted a lot with uh, in this story. I'm like, this did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, but so they had this big fight. So they had this unrequited love. They both liked each other. You know, they had this feeling. But then she kind of disappeared. And now they're trying to find her. So this is well, because he fell in. ill after she disappeared. So Frankie is convinced, like, if we find Ivy, then we can figure out what's wrong with my dad and we can, like, get him back yeah. to, like, better health. Yeah, so we're starting to get some snapshots from the past, um, you know, how Mason adopted him, how he went and became a detective. He was still, he was one of the first, he was one of the first Chinese police officers in the entire country, um, and he's he's worked his way to help people, and then we kind of get some flashbacks of how the family was as he's being asked to investigate that, you know, him and Frankie, the, the son, seem to get along, and we, he sees this old picture of all the family saying, like, oh, it was the father's favorite painting he always said this is the day we all became a family and it cuts to victoria the daughter basically saying you're not my brother you're just the trash that father brought home yeah fucking so it's like oh okay we, we need to get this what we feel like is the dynamic of the family as of yeah. edison as a kid of him being adopted into this really rich white family but he was like actually friends with the brother and the and Mason actually thought of him as a son. And yeah. that, you know, stays true for a few issues. I think this yeah, has to be the yeah. fastest a storyteller has gotten me to hate an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. just right off the jump. Like, well, Especially hate Especially because she says it with, like, a smile on her face. Yeah, like, she's that's just such a little... That's the part that's so menacing. Demon. Yeah. 
Um, so Eddie begins to investigate and he goes downtown uh, to kind of look around um, based on some leads that they got. And he sees this kind of drug bus going on an address that's um, like the, the inverse of where he was headed um, because they find out like, and we find out that this was a tip given by the, the, the junkie. Uh, the junkie that they had arrested previously and he got the numbers fucked up. So he sees this uh, thing go down. He kind of realizes what it is. <laughs> I like this scene where he sees these two. Um, I believe they are sex workers, right? Specifically white sex workers. The white sex. Yeah, that's what I meant. These two. He sees the two white sex and basically talks like, yeah, these are my type. And I get in, I get in trouble with these. Like, and he's, he is all about these women. Um, with the big white titties. Doesn't, like, yes, this that is, doesn't come back into play at all. No, no, no. That's no, no not at no. all. That just works che- out perfectly fine che- for him. Chekhov's giant white titties do not come back into play. <laughs> Chekhov's titties. Uh, oh, no. I just think it's made a point. Like, he talks about, like, yeah, that's really more my type. And I think that kind of talks about, like, you know, they go into who. They, it talks about his character a lot throughout the book and his character development. This, but this book- he ends up at the spot where he's supposed to go. He sees this kid out there and they have there's this whole kind of dialogue about showing the badge to a kid does the opposite of what it does to adults uh, yeah, specifically because he says they don't know what it means yet. I'm just like, Jesus. Yeah, Christ. yeah no, yep. kid, well, kids still think that cops learn. help people. Kid, kids yeah. Yeah, still this think kid's that cops about help to learn. Yeah. yeah. So he uses that to find out what he's been hiding and what's there. And he opens up the basement and there's this body that's been there for a long time killed with an axe and has no eyes and he immediately could tell that it's also a white guy so there's a white american killed in chinatown by the methods of an old gang killing so there's some fervor around this gang specifically returning yeah like an old like chinese gang that like everyone is like the tongs yeah yeah. so so yeah. It's, it's a big deal because the way Chinatown is situated right now, it's a very kind of like tenuous, like things are like trying to get better in terms of like race relations. But if the if an old like Chinese gang is coming back, murdering people, White that's people. gonna yeah. throw a wrench in some things or a yeah, hatchet. Gonna- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, because this dude has the best timing, I think, throughout the whole book, <laughs> O'Malley shows up as he's telling this kid, don't fucking tell anyone what you saw, get the fuck out of here, that's the only way I can help you, but then he shows up, and then immediately, and again, this is the risk, the damage, contr- damage mitigation, he basically immediately to- lies to the kid, and is like, gives him up, but that was like, quote unquote the only real way to save him because he would have just beat the hell out of this kid probably to get the answers so he showed him the dead body yeah so he immediately kind of... betrayed the kid's trust by telling yep. him doing the exact same thing that he said he wouldn't do yeah. that's um, the last time that kid's ever gonna trust a badge man absolutely I mean, good good on him to learn learn it young you know uh the but- the only this and the, the good thing that ha- the good thing i'll use that in a relative term is we meet this this person, Terrence Chang, who works with the Six Company, who's a lawyer. Uh, the Six Companies is like this de facto organization that basically is a all these immigrant uh, Chinese immigrants and government working local government have come together and have become the de facto government of Chinatown. So he's like a lawyer helping people out, and basically he got he's there and 
basically ensured that the kid and his father who owned, you know, where they live, didn't get coerced into some confession that they didn't do. Yeah, because they they just found the body. They didn't didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. So we quickly do that. We learn the six companies. um, And we get this conversation with this guy, Terrence, basically. And then Hark is talking about how he's really suspicious of any Chinese American that has made it because it requires sacrifice and someone to be so perfect and someone that's sad enough to do that. So he's like, he sees this guy's perfect hair, perfect teeth, smile, suit, and he's like, this guy's up to something because he's trying too hard. Yeah, this guy's trying for the model minority stereotype. And in order to do that, you have to fuck people over. You have to, you have to sacrifice too much to be the, the perfect model minority thing. Yep. Then we learned about the boogeyman, the hatchet man, um, that has been that's been rumored to be killing people around town. Um, you know, rumored to be an old Tong enforcer who was cast out of the gang and has come back for revenge. And he has this he kills people with a hatchet and is one of his signature moves is scooping their eyeballs out. He's like a Kaiser uh, Sose. Yeah. And yeah. is now but, um, one of the only things that people can talk about, especially yeah, in nightclubs. It, it, and- ca- yeah, it's cava- captivated the entire town. Um, um, and his name is uh, Hui Long. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So he continues to investigate. He quickly learns that his badge is useless in Chinatown because everyone just assumes it's fake. Mm. <laughs> and tells or him just stolen. to get the fuck out. Yeah. Or stolen. Yeah, that's, so that's not, honestly a fair assessment on everyone. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he starts playing the family member looking for someone. So he's looking for Ivy Rose, asking around. He finds out that she was in this club talking about Huey Long and like going through that. Um, and eventually it leads into this club, the Jade Castle, uh, which is a, it seems to, this is a um, Chinese a, a club with uh, all Chinese performers and stuff, and they're they're making a really uh, dancers singing. They're they're trying to market it specifically to white people that like look. Chinatown is not only safe but fun. Yeah, it's a cabaret. Yeah, it's a cabaret. cabaret. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like run by uh, Chinese immigrants, but it's like it's it's drawing in a a a more eclectic, more diverse crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here he runs into Victoria uh, at the club, uh, his adoptive sister, and they she doesn't appear to be very happy to see him at all. Um, well, that you know coincides with the we flashback f- image that we saw. Yeah, and that's and that's all we know of this woman so far is that he she thought that he was trash. Yeah. So doesn't you know they seem to have a very tenuous <laughs> relationship at best. Um, and then Terrence. Chang gets up and makes this speech about, you know, kind of what Casey talked about. This is the safe. This is play, and this is how we do it. Like we're, we're gonna go up. We're gonna. And he's telling the white people what they want to hear. Well, Terrence and these other people are the owners of the bar, right? Yeah, the Yan brothers, Um, and also bankrolled by the Caraways. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, because the Caraways, as we, as we learn, has pretty much bankrolled 90% of Chinatown at this right. point. Yeah. Um, but then they get uh, attacked. 
and they kill one of the brothers. Just uh, like slit his throat, like in the open with a hatchet. And it's yeah, like and a, his... du- a dude in a big clown outfit too. Like he looks like Jack yeah, in the a, box. Yeah, he's got a giant uh, mascot his head on. Yeah, um, he, he's like the he's like if if uh, Asian people were a racist caricature mascot, like the way they do with like Native <laughs> yeah. Americans. Oh no, that's a great way to put. Yeah, it's what it is. It's a giant. It's like a big, like inflatable head of like an Asian yeah. man. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is kind of point to Adam's point where like his detective part pops in and we start seeing what he's noticing. He's like, okay. He hears like these gun, like these pops going off. It's like, well, that's not a gunshot. Okay. This is a distraction. Something's up. So he ends up chasing the guy. Yeah. Because and, it makes um, uh, the, the like uh, firecrackers going off makes everyone think that it's uh, their fish in a barrel. So, and they, so they all panic and run and they like nobody's stampeding. actually paying attention where yeah. the murderer went. Yeah. Yeah. So he confronts him, and I like it's. He's clearly got the guy's fighting. Clearly has some training. He gets. He's like a kicker. Of course, he's a kicker. He's like, <laughs> just once I want to meet a Chinese person who puts his dukes up and just fights because <laughs> he's jumping around. He's doing all this crazy shit, and he's like, "Fuck, man, I just want to." And then with he a mascot an head on, no less. So this dude, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, so eventually he gets an axe in the shoulder and the guy gets away. And then he has this conversation with Victoria um, where basically she tells him that, you know, your mom was murdered and you don't know everything that's been going on. Like, you don't know the secrets that my dad and has. That, yeah, because Eddie um, really, from the brief like flashbacks we've gotten, Eddie really looks up to Mason. Yeah, he, he idolizes him in a lot of ways because I think he, he's kind of, it's like I the only father figure he's ever had. Yeah, because yeah, we learned the, that his true his biological father is kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> and this is the first of many just unsurvivable injuries that uh, Edison. Dude, yeah, this dude tank. gets beat to shit. Yeah, he is a tank. But, <laughs> but also, this is the this is the first interaction with um his past family that like this interaction with Victoria, where we kind of see that maybe everything that he thought during his childhood like there's there, there's some dynamics that he doesn't know he doesn't know he didn't see yeah. them um because yeah exactly because how could right. he right uh, one being a child and one being not like you know in that family truly um so issue three opens up with them talking about the 1906 earthquake so i'm going to do my best to oh, try to give a timeline historical facts so yeah so they basically are talking about in um, you know, the 70s, uh, 1870s, a lot of Chinese people were working in farms and factories for pennies on the dollar, but American, they were being blamed for driving down worker wages. We have always up. been like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was anti-Chinese riots. That's how we got the Chinese Exclusion Act that we talked about earlier and stuff like that. Uh, and then there was a big earthquake. Um, I, I liked how they phrased this. In 1906, God laughed in the form of an earthquake that sparked fires obliterating three quarters of San Francisco. <laughs> Just like it, the way he put the, 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 the they put this, because they basically talked about like it gave landlords an excuse to kick people out from Chinatown, but it also destroyed all of their documentation paperwork. Yeah. There's all these yeah, the way they phrased that too. There's all, really yeah. well there's all these immigrants with fake paperwork to prove to like fake citizen papers, and then the the yeah. Uh, fire just destroyed all like so they could just be whatever they wanted to be 
They literally or, were able to create fake family yeah. trees to prove to show that they were citizens. Paper and it created families. The paper families. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was a paper sons, I think, has oh, yeah, that's the um but the more they did it and the more people became citizens, they all they slowly became legitimate, yeah. right? So like it kind of it it yeah. And it's a fucked up way they show it. It's like it's w- someone getting stomped by a boot and then that same guy having a light bulb go off. It's like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Just the way they're articulating these ideas. But my landlord is really could great. kick me out, but also now I am a citizen. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I could fake that I'm a citizen now. I, I yeah. also love that there's like there's there's a, a depiction of a family tree that like basically yeah. you get in with the fake papers and then you you stay long enough that you do become a citizen because you like and end you stay up having... long enough to have kids exactly and they become citizens so, but yeah, it says so... but it says specifically fake papers real americans and that's fucking cool like yeah mm-hmm. yeah like uh, just the way that because that's, that's how they're it. seen yeah. too i mean that's also like you know there are no one no one is illegal but you know um, yeah the, uh so now sorry. we we get our first character shift um, we meet our newest character, Lucy Fan, who this is what I, one of the first little jumps where I started getting confused. I'm like, all right, who, do I know this person? No, not yet. No, Got you it. don't. And that's, it, yeah, it, it, it is a total narrator shift and we're, we're following yeah. Lucy now and it, it reconnects eventually. But I thought it was really cool that it's just like, wait, hold on. OK. All right. Yeah. And we I'm find in. out that she is a result of those paper sons. Yeah, we get her we family get, tree. There's a bit of protagonist relay that happens in this. Lucy's Absolutely, the only yeah. decent person in this book. I 100% agree <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Also, um, I just wanted to say, uh, for the Paper Sons thing, there's a, um, there's a letters page. There's lots of back material in individual issues, and one of mm-hmm. them is a letters page where people submitted letters, and um, one of them was from a Paper Son, and he, you know, he thanked the person for being a Paper Son, but then he also mentioned... It reminds me of an artist friend who at one point was debating working on a comic critical of the U.S. government. He loved the book, loved what it had to say, but it was in the process of applying for U.S. citizenship and was worried given the deep background checks. It might possibly be denied if his name was publicly attached to anything critical of America. It reminds me of one aspect of immigration we still don't really talk about. This fear that the people have learned to live with that the place they consider home could reject them at a moment's notice. Yeah. I know. That's crazy. I have a friend who um, was fighting for his citizenship for a fucking decade. I think it was actually 11 years altogether. Good Lord. And it was literally... Yeah, he was, a, he was a naturalized citizen. He was a fucking citizen, but, like, they lost his paperwork. And because of that, he, like, tried to apply for, like, a driver's license at one point, like, or, like, to renew his driver's license. And they're like, oh, no, you're an illegal immigrant. You, you have to reapply for citizenship. So he spent 11 years because of, like, somebody fucked up some paperwork. And that entire time, he, like, had to, like, not have social media. He had to, like, be really fucking careful. Couldn't have a car. He had to, like, in, in a place where you can't get around with public transportation. Like, it was just, just completely ruined his entire, like, 30s. Jesus. Just, like, throw that shit out the window. Like, it's just, yeah. So, so fucking frustrating. But when he finally, he got, finally got a citizenship, like, last year and told everyone to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> in, in no uncertain terms, he's just like, I've been holding my tongue to all these fucking, like, super xenophobic racists uh, in my life, and you can all go die. And I was like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Um, 
<laughs> no, no, it's a problem. Uh, so we find Lucy Fan. She um, wants to perform at the Jade Castle, but there was just the killing there, and her 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 father doesn't want her to know because it's dangerous. Um, but people say she's good enough, so she really wants to do it. She's also um, works at uh, what is it? Uh, the Chinatown Telephone Exchange. So she's a telephone operator. Right. Where basically we learn that she knows the address and every phone number in Chinatown, but they also stay on the line, so they know all there is the a, gossip. They just listen so, in on everything. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I love this for multiple reasons. One, I mean, Lucy's just the best, um, but I love <laughs> yeah. the, the like metaphorical implications of the person who's like connected and plugged into everything. And then also, right. oh, yeah. in the back material, there's a literal uh, like non-fiction book about this place she works. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot That's of these awful. things are based on real events, yeah, real the, people, and the, real places. Uh, the I, real history of this book is crazy. The amount of research he did. Like, this yeah. dude, Eddie Hart, is based on a real, oh, dude. real detective. There's, yeah. there's so many yeah. threads in this book that you could spend hours pulling on. Because he's kind of, like, based on uh, Charlie Chan, which is, like, the first big, like, detective in, like, movies Who and stuff. Who was based but that on dude was that detective. Based on a real yeah. detective. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. And Charlie also, Chan been... movies don't exactly age well. Oh, they don't. No. Yeah, there's a lot no. of there's a lot of racism in there. They, but, but like, it's just it, the, the craziness of the stuff that he yeah. did, like it, yeah. all the top stuff that we're talking about. Like a dude did this stuff. <laughs> um, th- this is somewhat off topic from what we're discussing, but I don't want to get too far along without mentioning it. The way it switches back and forth between Cantonese and and English is seamless because they literally do it in the shape of the text boxes. Yeah. Instead, instead of having the little asterisks and, and saying each time that it's translated from Cantonese. Yeah. I uh, didn't pick I, up just, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's fucking brilliant. brilliant. It's in the beginning of every yeah. issue, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was looking at that at the beginning of the issue, and I was like, what does this mean? And now I, I'm a big dum-dum that didn't right? notice. No, English is circles, and oh, circles, squares sorry. is Cantonese. Oh, my God. Um, Why didn't right. I so, pick up so, on that? Yeah, go back and reread it because it's brilliant. Yeah. Once you yeah. know that, that you I can knew they tell. were flipping between the two. Yeah, yeah. A lot, they, like of, a lot of times it's, really it's cool. Eddie talking to like you know like a like a, and a Chinese thought, person, and then and her thoughts are in Cantonese too, which I think it, like it, that adds to that nice touch. Like they're thinking in that native language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. majority of this book is in Cantonese, um, and every once yes. in a while the bubbles go circular. Like it's it's depending fucking, on who they're talking to. Yeah. yeah. So, or if they're in public, depending on where they are in public, I think that's a big part of it, oh too. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Um, so, basically, yeah. now we, 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 we've met Lucy, and we find out that Detective, you know, she's um, meeting with, detect- with Hark, and we find out that Hark was friends with Wilbur, who was um, someone, her next-door neighbor before... Uh, they moved to, before he moved back to Hawaii, and they lost touch. Uh, so, Lucy knew... It, you know, they have that kind of tenuous connection and to Wilbur each other. Wilbur is based off of a real uh, event. Correct. Which is fucking terrifying. Yeah, and we'll get to him later. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so basically, since she's the eyes and ears around town and kind of has some connection with some people, um, Eddie asks Lucy for some help to kind of ask around and figure out what's going on. Um, and immediately we kind of get a lead where... Lucy knows where Ivy got her dress. And we find out that um, when they go to meet this woman and kind of figure out what's going on, he kind of notices that he's not going to get anywhere speaking as a cop. Um, 
he he uh, everyone knows his connection to Caraway. So he to kind of get um, this woman to, to trust him, he opens up about the story about his how his mother was murdered by this this person that broke in, uh, Michael Martinez, and murder. And the only reason that anyone gave a shit or looked into it was because of Caraway, and he wants to find Ivy because he doesn't want it to be like it was for her mom, no one caring and figuring out what went wrong. So, and that kind of opens up the heart a little bit and finds out that um, Ivy used to be friends with her daughter named Holly, um, who passed away um, in a fire, passed away, died in a fire at work. Um, and that connection between them, like telling that story about losing a family member, finding and finding justice for them really resonated. So we find out that, you know, Ivy was friends with her daughter and they, they kind of hung out and they even mentioned like all the trouble my Holly got into was because it was something around Ivy. So we kind of get this impression that Ivy maybe was into some shit. You know, we don't <laughs> necessarily know. Uh, and then eventually we go to, they, we go to talk to Holly's sister, Helen, who gives them, it's like, Oh yeah, I was looking at all Holly's hiding spots and I found this and it's a giant envelope <laughs> of cash and a roll um of photos so um basically we find out uh we get to a point where um he they develop the pictures and it's a photo of terrence um having sex with a man yeah which terrence the lawyer the the big time lawyer Lawyer. who almost died in the lawyer and like kind of de facto president of chinatown Yeah. yeah And in 1936 America, we could see that would be um, be a problem uh, to ruin that reputation. So this kind of leads a new thread um, for Eddie to go down. It's like, okay, someone, you know, Holly was watching him. Maybe Ivy was too. We got some. And, we got some. There's clearly some kind of blackmail going on. Blackmail going on. Yeah. yeah. A lot of cash and incriminating photos equals blackmail. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just going to mention this next scene just because I thought it was fucking dope and it's just worth just talking about how awesome this dude is. Um, those big titty white ladies come back. Uh, mm-hmm. Eddie has a, because he's got a thing for him. So he, we, he has his, uh, his fun with her. Um, <laughs> she starts kind of asking, and he, she's like, who's Victoria? So he screams out Victoria's nope. name when he. Yeah. So that's fuck, that's um that's not that's great. Not- <laughs> and he, she asks about bitch. it. He's like, "Your money's on the dresser. Get the fuck out!" Like I'm not talking about. I it. like um, that. I love the evolution of Victoria as a character. It's uh, racist eight year old uh, confrontation about uh, she knows more about Eddie's mom's murder than he does, and then he's dreaming about fucking her, like. Uh, yeah. okay what Just is very happening quick. who is this person yeah yeah that's what i was like okay there's that's what my Th- thought this was is like the, okay this there's the, gotta be history this is the part where my maybe he's actually um what's his name son began you wanted to, to be worse oh <laughs> it started going oh, okay. away yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Like, that's where it um, really I, started to erode but i, I don't know if i've just that. watched too many noir movies but when they had that confrontation in the alley and she was just being a total bitch him she was she's like you should fuck off back to hell wherever you came from i immediately i was like oh they used to fuck like yeah, yeah. I, I right then i was like they right, have history and yeah yeah, yeah yeah i was like that. Mm-hmm. so okay so it's not just me it was that was 
I was completely certain of it before we got to the sex work. And we got complete confirmation here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I just mentioned this scene because that and so he the two thugs come in and try to collect the rest of his money and basically try to rob him. And he just beats the shit out of them. And it was just so badass. He was almost happy to see them. Like, he was yeah. like, yeah, I knew you guys were going to come and just beat the hell out of him in a fucking towel. And, and then she's like, please dudes. don't hurt me. I didn't mean to. And he's like, get the it's fuck like, out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now the investigation goes a little bit further. He basically uses his brother Frankie's whiteness to use this badge around town to get some answers. And he's doing like the old copper um, yeah. 20s accent, having a lot of fun with it. But they really are getting some uh they're trying to get some answers they're trying to find terrence because they have these pictures right. and terrence so they, they're trying to track him down seen since the attack yes so they try to find him at the headquarters of the six companies and frankie's like you know we used to you know i'm here all the time my family bankrolls chinatown bankrolls this money <laughs> we party here and like i i thought we were kind of like I, I was one of you guys and like the dude was like look man i'm sorry but no yeah it's a Chinese thing. Like I, I'm not, I'm not telling you where he's at. And then like immediately that's when like Eddie's like, did you really think like you were really one of them? Like you, you, you can't be right. And at, like, at this point, um, uh, Eddie is certain that Frankie knows more than he's letting on. So he, he's like intentionally needling him. He like he's like, he's goading tr- him to keep him off guard to make he a mistake. He also thinks yeah. Eddie was, or Frankie was in love with, um, Ivy as well. Which oh, he yeah. was. He had, and yeah. this is where he admits <laughs> yeah. to being uh, in love with her and kiss and having a moment, and they just kissed. Um, so at that point, oh god, looking back at this book, he's walking around. They go to, back to the Jade thing. He notices how the buildings are set up, and like that's all we get. So we just we see his analytical mind working throughout the book, which I loved. Um, but we walk into the club and we see Donnie missing one of his eyes, it's the other brother, right, and stabbed so the other he's... brother. <laughs> And, but then his thought process is like, wait, why is only one gone? Oh, fuck. The killer's still here. Yep. Yeah, we, we interrupted, interrupted him. him. <laughs> so he immediately takes after him and he rips his mask off and or Frankie runs after him, rips his mask off and is like, wait, why? You're not Chinese. Why? The, what the fuck's going on? But then he's got like a then, fucked up face. It's two face. Yeah, he's got like burns on his face. Yeah, more basically. or less. I mean, it's the yeah. same origin Where's story. Harvey Dent? <laughs> and then Frankie gets his throat slit by a hatchet um yep. and Eesh. he dies F in the um, chat, frankie <laughs> and then basically eddie at the, this point is like oh fuck and a white mm. american billionaire just got chill- killed in chinatown shit's about to get real bad yep. real bad. <laughs> yeah and he's no, in like, the middle of all of it he's covering well, was- the guy's blood like, and that yeah. was the whole the whole fear um when the, the 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 first white person murder was uncovered like the white dude yes. that was killed by the t- the the tong hitman supposedly who was like yes. rotting in the basement he's like this is going to split Chinatown wide open because mm-hmm. You know, like white people being murdered by Chinese people is is just gonna like throw all, everything into disarray. We're gonna have race riots. Everything's gonna be terrible. Now it's worse because yeah. it is the millionaire who gives all the Basically money to Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, and and like it's it, yeah, this is gonna go so fucking bad. And I look like I, I'm implicated as the murderer, so that's not good. Yeah, 
So I'm going to try to summarize this pretty quickly. This is the, I really liked this issue. This one stood out because this is the flashback history of the family issue mm-hmm. in the split second after he sees Frankie's body. So it's that life flash before your eyes moment before his brain kicks in to take action, which I thought was really cool yeah. um, how they did that. But mm-hmm. the cliff notes is <laughs> we find out that this dude, again, based on a real guy, would <laughs> go undercover and break up drug lords because he was the only Chinese person on the force. But eventually he got so good at it and was so got the notoriety, he can't do it anymore because people would see him coming. <laughs> um, and I mean, he does have a giant guy. scar on his face. Then he's friends with this guy. You know, we meet Wilbur talking about him and what's going on. And, um, we, you know, they're friends and, you know, we kind of get that introduction and we just kind of see Eddie grow up and his relationship with his mother, um, how he gets adopted and how he talks about how he honed his detective skills, noticing little things like he sees the, the family driver, how he kind of touches Victoria's arm. And it's like, that's OK, something's weird. And like you could tell when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're mad, it's like he can kind of create those um skills to survive throughout his life we see um his mother being murdered uh him getting adopted in the family and we we see this is really where we get the background on victoria and their relationship which was basically he was the hot shot man about town that no one could get with because he was sleeping with victoria the whole time (laughs) um so they they were together for a long time they had a relationship um almost right up until uh the family left for uh the states or the yeah and that was one of the big catalysts for it right so they one they have a pregnancy scare which could have been a problem but the other big one was basically like look the family's moving to san francisco if we go to San Francisco, I'm going to have to watch you marry someone else because I can't marry mm. you there. And I won't let you throw your life away because you're going to take over the company. Your dad would never forgive me. But then she's like, fuck you. I'll make my own goddamn decision and I won't leave if I don't want to. And then he uh, uh, cheats on her. He makes the, yeah, he makes the decision he makes, for her. And then by he makes cheating. the decision uh, for her. Yeah. This, is when, this is when my theory really <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> Uh, and then we find out the background on wilbur who is being accused of beating up and forcing himself on the wife of um i think it was a movie star um that was in in hawaii um and he's like basically hark convinces him based on wilbur's own advice like look you got to play by the rules so they can believe us that's how the only way will be acceptable accepted and convinces him to turn yeah. himself in and he dies uh to the cops and <laughs> gets fucking killed in prison ki- and he gets killed this in is prison based off of a because- real court case mm-hmm. in which the the people who framed the the native uh hawaiian uh went to prison but got to live in a prison that was a dry docked yacht like Oh, yeah, they, yeah, I remember this. They talk oh, about shit. it in the back of the issue. It's crazy. The shit that comes after <laughs> this, because, like, 
it's fucking crazy. Like read about it after. Yeah, like it's it, nuts. It's but it's based on it, a real it was such a, trial. It, it took the nation by such storm that they had fucking updates to the case before movies. Wow. They like played updates to the to the case bef- in movie theaters. Like that's like that's like the precursor to the OJ trial. Yeah, so it's the Massey yeah. trial. They said it was one of the biggest news events in the Yeah, in the we, year. we don't have to get too into it, but it was it's just it, yeah. it's chilling and it's horrifying. D- and yeah. like the oh, entirety man. of the OJ trial is on YouTube. I tried to watch it one time. I made <laughs> That's it crazy. I made it two days into the pre trial before I wanted to stab my Jesus. eyes out. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> um so this again, seeing the his bloody hand the bloody Wait, hand, this is what Are you okay, Adam? Do you <laughs> like that, that feels like a cry for help? I just need a, it, uh, it, it it took me it took me longer than it should have to realize that that was an act of self-harm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that is an act of self-harm. I like next time reach out before you do something like that. <laughs> next time just listen to a, a two hour podcast. You don't have to or yeah. watch like the show that's based on the thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So he snaps back to reality, basically fuck, they can't find a white dude dead in Chinatown. Especially this one. So he tries to hide the body and O'Malley, again with the best worst timing, catches him trying to dump the body. They brawl. They brawl pretty hard, but he finds out he just has to get the fuck out of there because he's hurt pretty bad because he had a hatchet in his arm like yesterday. And his, <laughs> you know, like he's not doing hot too too hot right now. Yeah, so he just bails. He leaves the her. he leaves the body, but he ends up going to Victoria for help, and she hides him. Um, they kind of have a little moment again, but basically it was like, look, sums up. Um. My dad was paying off all these payments on the third of the month. He's fine. He was definitely being blackmailed or lawn, like paying something out that doesn't add up. I don't know what it is, um, but something something shady's going on here, and we kind of have to figure out what's what's going on. So at that point, he had seen the attacker, and he's a great artist, so he pretty much can draw like almost a perfect rendition of this person. I mean, it's also he- not hard. He has horrific burn marks all over his face yeah but he like he, the yeah that's true but so it basically, is a good likeness because somebody sees it and is like oh he didn't used to have those scars yeah and yeah. we find out that he ran he was a friend of ivy's and, and holly's and he claimed to be um the heir to another fortune abraham woodward so uh, he but he appears to you know um they think he's this heir to this fortune, and he used to own this uh, chemical factory. So they go to this chemical factory to try to track him down, and look, he's I, there. I love that and he uses target shot. Love that he uses Victoria <laughs> to get that info. He gets yeah, shot he right in Victoria, his axe yeah. wounded shoulder. Like <laughs> that's the second life ending. Uh, like yeah, <laughs> injury. And this is the thirties, man. Medicine wasn't what it is now. You cannot. I, I mean, even now, you can't exactly bounce back from an axe to the shoulder. This guy just... Well, now you can't afford to get shot in the shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do do like how they used... He used Victoria basically leveraging the the loss that both families were going through, but also without... White Lady would be much more uh, sympathetic than this guy, yeah. (laughs) Um, So he gets shot, and taken prisoner and basically was like look man i don't know who you are but all this killing it's not going to bring ivy 
Chen back and starts screaming at him is like, what did you do with my sister? It's like, oh. okay. It's whoa, like, all right, whoa, well, that whoa, whoa, was what? the wrong <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like, he didn't know anything the- happened to her until that moment. Like, Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then so, we so see this Victoria guy who's the, the number one like suspect. Yeah, the, so the, the Scarface yeah. is the number one no. suspect that Hark has for Ivy's disappearance. And then he confronts him about it, and he's like, oh, not only do I not know what the fuck you're talking about, that is my sister. Uh, yeah. The white dude um, who's been killing dude. people all over Chinatown. So that's a, that's a hell of a cliffhanger to end that issue on. Yeah. yeah. And we see Victoria on the phone with this guy named Mr. Nash, who appears to be a uh, fixer for the family. Real, real so, piece of shit. Never, real piece of shit vibes right, right from the jump on Mr. Yeah. Nash. So we get the background interspersed to this issue for this other guy. So I'm going to cliff note it a little bit. So basically, uh, the Woodward family is another rich family in town. The daughter married a Chinese man and basically was disowned by the family, but has a son who named Silas, who is you know half Chinese, half half white. He's very white passing, though. Exactly, extremely white passing, but and tries to get her the grandfather to pay for an operation for her husband for the grandkids' sake, and basically gets the door slammed in um, his face. And ultimately, he grows up, his mother drinks herself to death, ultimately, um, he grows up in orphanages between all over the place, and tried to learn his heritage, and because he's white passing, um, he's pretty much shunned, so he's trying to learn about his heritage, but also it's like, get the fuck out of here, like, you're a white Yeah, dude. kind of a man so, without a country, because he doesn't exactly fit in with white folks, but he doesn't exactly, exactly. fit in with Asian people either. So somehow he crossed paths with Holly and and Holly is like, holy fuck, how the hell did I run into my best friend's half brother in this crazy fucking world? Because we find out that. Um, the the uh, shit, how uh, do we do this? So Silas Woodward is the name of Scarface. Yes, yeah, right? our, our Scarface. Yes. Um, so Silas Woodward, um, her, his father had That's run it. out on. Um, I wait no other way around. He ran out. Ivy's on, father ran out. Yeah, Ivy's father I, ran out on them. Yes. So yeah. So he yes. was he had given birth to to Ivy. Ran out on that family and then had a uh, a white kid. yeah like a white family afterwards. Um, yeah, with the mom and the and Silas. So yeah, sorry that I missed that little detail. I got it really confusing. Yeah, th- this is where here. the book starts to starts to fracture a bit for me. This is where it, it starts it, to get. Yeah, confusing. and that's why I'm trying to keep it nice and tight. Yeah, you so got to keep all the names straight for the listeners. The, the because names not are having really the visuals now. Yeah. So we get all of this as Silas is confronting Hark and Hark's trying to escape and just like he's this dude's freaking the fuck out. It's like, no, you don't know what's going on. Everyone's got to pay. And he's talking about all these people that uh, and then we're kind of piecing some stuff together. Like, so Ivy must have told the story about Huey Long, the hatchet man. And this is you just killed everyone in this fashion and getting revenge and all this stuff. And this whole time. Silas is like, you don't understand. This is all because of the Caraways. It's all because of Victoria. And that kind of really gets Hark's attention. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) How the fuck is she involved in this? Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, the cops are about to raid this place because they, uh, someone snitched and saw Eddie getting into the factory. So they're about to raid this place. At the end of the last issue, Victoria snitched. Victoria called Mr. Nash. Right. And Mr. Nash. Nash but is someone the one who else called the, called the cop. No, I'm no. pretty sure Mr. Nash called There's the a, 
a cop saw them because he shows up. Mr. Nash shows up and starts fucking killing people. <laughs> ah, yeah. He definitely didn't call the cops. Okay. <laughs> also, yeah. Eddie gets fucking disfigured. Because he, Eddie gets covered in lie uh, and gets massive Silas burns. Throws lie on him. It's like you don't understand pain until but they you were both felt like, yeah. lie burns. They're both like standing straight. I don't. Nice. Um, and that's when Mr. Nash shows up, shoots Silas. Um, then they blow the cops raid it, uh, and then the factory gets blown up. Yep. <laughs> Cut to two months later. Chinatown's crawling with cops. We're now following Lucy. Basically, there's checkpoints everywhere. Well, we're following Lucy because Hark is dead. He died Hark, in the explosion. Yeah, Hark died at the fire. Right. Yeah. yeah Hark Everyone died. And Silas died in the fire. All right. <laughs> so we're following Lucy, um, basically explaining how Chinatown is now. Her her father's terrified of everything going on because he's getting beaten just going to, to to get food every day, and it's just this is the price he, can't he pays sleep for living. And starting he's like over, getting up to check the locks. locks over, and it's like oh yeah, my so God. he's super paranoid. Um, and then and Mason Carroy has woken up at this point from his to find out that his son attack. is dead and his adopted son is dead. And Ivy yes. is missing, presumed dead. And uh, his daughter is still yeah. just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get some... I, I thought I felt we get some background on her character with her relationship with Hark. But, like, yeah, that spurning them kind of turned her pretty cold. You know, not necessarily... You know, I totally understand. Yeah. So, you never really get a, a beat on exactly which way she Where she... Yeah. Very uh, femme she fatale seems, she in seems that seems troubled. Way. Yeah. 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 So Lucy starts doing her own investigation uh, with the information she has based off of Helen's sister, Holly, figuring out what's going on and basically asked around about Holly and found out there was a witness that saw ho- that knew Holly would go on break for cigarettes every single day. Right. And that time was right before the fire. So what if she wasn't in the building and she found someone who saw her a week later on a train in the middle of the night. So yeah, Holly. Going- so just to clarify, Holly is Ivy's best friend. Both are presumed dead slash yes, missing. Correct. So Ivy, Ivy is the one that that uh, Hark was going after uh, for his That's entire. The, the whole yep. the whole reason this is all whole, happening yeah, is yeah, the whole reason him investigating here. Ivy's. And disappearance. Holly was her best friend. And Holly was her best friend who died in the um, factory fire uh, at, her, at her job. Uh, but now we're finding out that maybe not. Maybe she's alive. Yeah, so Lucy's doing this investigation, sees this dude kind of following a scene, you know, that following around and listening to her ask questions and calls someone and basically is like, oh, you know, you're safe. You got nothing to worry about. And she says this thing is like, oh, you know, boys never notice when their voices get higher when they're talking to girls, especially when they're attracted to them. So that kind of sets something off in her brain. And she pretty fucking genius calls the operator oh. back is like yeah um there's a little boy here who got caught off with her mom can i get that phone number i think this is like a two or a five maybe a q i'm not sure what's going on thanks you're such a light i'm like that's love, fucking yeah. brilliant social engineering <laughs> and yeah immediately such a better detective than hark because yeah. she uses cunning rather hark than brute, brute forces, forces. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like that they start to do those red boxes with her too like um yeah yeah mm-hmm so basically, since she has friends out of like a switchboard places and stuff, they figure out they get an address for the phone number and she rolls up and it's Holly. It's amazing how much power <laughs> pe- switchboard operators had in those days. Yeah, they oh, knew yeah. everything. You had so um, much, crazy. so much power. You could do anything you I wanted. I also 
I also want to point out that all of these leads took her to Santa Cruz. And as she's yes. going around asking about Holly, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in three days. I'm starting to get worried. I got a Sunday for you. And she's like, I'm not. No, I'm a, I'm a I'm looking person. for her, but I'm not her. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah, like yeah. literally uh, being an Asian person in Santa Cruz at this time gets you a lot of attention. So fucking yeah. white people. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we learn that um, Holly survived. She's kind of working, you know, with Silas and was part and her and Ivy and her Ivy and Silas had this plan going on and figuring out what's going on. But we kind and, of and find out that. Yeah, Lucy they, basically accuses her of just like, oh, you're the one who set the fire and killed all your fucking coworkers just so you could run away. And she's like, no, I didn't. Silas did that. I didn't. Ha- I had no fucking clue he was going to do that. Um, yeah, but so that was all in a, in a Silas ruse. snaps yeah. a little bit here. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but it, that was in his attempt to save her so she could like run away to get out of all the mess. Yeah, and then we kind of find that Holly, a combination of Holly and Ivy telling the stories about these old from old neighbors, she started the rumors that this hatchet man was back. Yeah. It was her at Mahjong parlors and things like that starting the rumors that everyone was talking about and Silas heard it from Ivy and kind of ran with it when he, when he yeah, snapped a little bit. Well, especially bit. because uh, yeah. she made up details. She made up the, like, taking the eyes, the eyes. part. Yeah. And the only yep. people she told were Silas and Holly, and then she's like, oh, shit, all these people are dying in that way that never happened before. Uh, I think it's gotta be Silas, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. But then yeah. also through the course of the whole book, they were like, oh, she, she would tell anyone who would listen about the hatchet man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically we find out this plan, whatever they had going together, just kind of fell apart and realized like they have this um fuck. Lucy kind of has this moment of like Holly, like, look, shit's gonna be bad. How many more people are gonna get hurt before you realize like this is not gonna get better if we all just kind of wait around long enough? Like, but ultimately she lets her go. And Holly just kind of runs off. Um, and at this point, I think Lucy's innocence is kind of broken that like, look, people don't necessarily care about us. People want to come and help us. So we have to help ourselves. And she gets uh, contacted um, by someone and goes to goes and meets up with that person. And as we've realized, I think we revealed a little bit. Um, it's it's a it's a boy, Eddie Hark, all bandaged, looking like fucking negative man, smoking a cigarette. I, yep. Getting real <laughs> hush vibes from this guy. Yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, she's she's been doing this entire investigation on the behalf of Eddie. This was not her that's, idea. Yeah. He's he's, that's he's giving yeah. her the get, lead. Yeah. Correct. So we get caught up, so we find out basically Eddie survives. He basically used Silas's escape plan to get out, figure out where to go, find a stash of cash number to a doctor that won't ask fucking questions and give him yeah, a new he, face. Silas had so yeah, set Sil- up, Silas had Silas had an appointment with <laughs> yeah. the doctor and the doctor's like I don't give a fuck. He basically uh, yeah. didn't get he didn't give a shit. Uh, well the who, doctor also is probably a racist dude who's just like ah, I, I can't getting, tell the I'm difference you all look the same to face. Me. I'm gonna rearrange your face uh, at three o'clock it doesn't <laughs> I, I, do you it have the money? Because I will rearrange your face if you have money. I kept thinking exactly. of Peter Laurie and Arsenic and Old Lace. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, look. I... So this is when we get the big 
recap here. Well, really what's been going on. Uh, so now we're at four months past the explosion and he's been working with Lucy for a few weeks now. So ultimately like Silas thought Ivy, the only thing standing in the way of Ivy and Mason being together because he wanted his sister to be happy. He thought the only thing that was standing in the way was Victoria. So he started following Victoria who was hanging around Terrence Chang a ton because their family was investing in Chinatown. But since he's a dum-dum, he thought they were banging. As we've learned, Terrence is gay, so that wasn't happening, but they were just spending a lot of time together. It was it so was a platonic relationship. They it was were a platonic, very, they it, were was, and it was a business relationship as well, right? Um, and yeah. then, so he started following Terrence. He's like, all right, what's up with this dude? That's when he, get, he snaps mm. the picture of him with, with that guy and basically starts blackmailing Terrence because it would ruin his reputation. And he also... Because there were so many people connected, he started blackmailing the Yan brothers because they were best friends of Terrence. And it would also, since they were all so influential and tied together, it would bring them down. So that was his play, basically. He was going to blackmail these people into oblivion to make so his sister could be happy. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know if anyone's aware of this, but... Um probably the only thing worse than being a Chinese immigrant in 1936 is being a gay Chinese immigrant. Yeah. I, I was, I, yeah, and they, have, they rely heavily, like, talk about that a lot. It's like, yeah. that would have ruined everything and anyone tied to him. Like, it wouldn't have been just his yeah, reputation. He, it would have been anyone yeah, who associated with like him as well. Little, like a Jenga piece. Pretty, like, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah like he's a like that pretty crucial piece. piece of that. He's that he's that one. He's like if you did all of Jenga and somehow just left the yes. middle one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we we this is where Harks now is like okay, we gotta, but like somehow something's not adding up. How is Victoria involved with this? We get a flashback. She was part of was also being blackmailed by Silas for for some reason. Um. And that didn't, you know, a meetup didn't go well. Um, another dope Hark moment I have to mention again was basically he noticed someone that was following them and camping outside of the house, set up basically a very easily tracked Lucy to pick up takeout from a specific place. And Mr. Nash shows up, shoots the bed, but it's a mannequin. And Hark surprises him, attacks him, and is end up to. This little moment I thought was super cool. Basically, he oh, notices yeah. that he shot a gun out of his hand, but his watch was also on that hand. Mm. He's like, oh, people usually wear their watch on their non-dominant hand. Oh, fuck. He probably has another sleeve gun. gun. And immediately their gun, gun comes out of the, um, the sleeve of it. He's like, yeah, because he was trying to like talk to him and get some answers. But as soon as that other gun popped out, he shot him right in the head. And he's like, God <laughs> I didn't want to kill him. <laughs> um, you can't get any answers out of him now. Yeah. So Lucy and Hark figure out a way to basically uh, get a message to both Victoria and Terrence to trick him into meetings so they could figure out where they're at. And they have a really great conversation, basically, because it's been weeks, months after this surgery. Now he could take these bandages off, but he still has them all on. And Lucy's basically like, "Look, one." When were you going to tell me about Wilbur? Because I've known the entire time, and you just tried to play off that he was fine. Like, yeah, you, you got my friend killed, and you were yeah. pretending like it, like he was just back in Honolulu chilling. Like, and I'm still helping you. Yeah. Like, I thought you were I, at least going to fucking say I'm sorry. Um, 
and you're out here doing all this stuff, like talking about how you have this new, you're using these bandages to hide because you're like, you know, it's hard to be a wanted Chinese American, you know, Chinese person right now. Like I can't be out and about. He's like, she's like, nah, man, that's bull. You don't want them off because as long as they're on, no one knows that you're Chinese and you can hide. And you've all, a part of you has always been ashamed of that, of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that's a big theme throughout her quote. Her quote here is great. You don't have your badge anymore. You've got a new face, a clean slate, and all you can say is you're a slave. And maybe that's true, or maybe that's just easier than admitting that you're ashamed of who you are. You said it. Yeah. You said you don't want those bandages because as long as they're on, no one knows you're an Asian person. Yeah. Like, and that really is the core of his, what he struggles with as a person. Like, that really is what he is. Like, he... He doesn't know he's trying to fit in, but also he he also doesn't want to be that because he's like he just wants to not have to do that shit. And it's um, like he doesn't know what or who he is. I, I have a friend who um, is a person of color who was adopted by a white family and, and they struggle a lot with that, like disassociation of like mm-hmm. having the privilege of growing up with like some wealth and and yeah. having opportunities because of that wealth but still experiencing being a person of color uh specifically like a a femme presenting person of color in america so like so you 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 get both sides immediately and kind of the same way that um, we were talking about um silas being uh white presenting yeah like you you kind of have this like you're one foot in both worlds and you never really feel at home there's a moment where someone is criticizing the caraways and he's there and he's like, well, you don't know any millionaires. Yeah. And it's like, he still feels protective of them. Even no matter what, exactly. Yeah. As all the secrets start to come out. Yeah. yeah. So I think he did, he has a lot of, he really looked up to the Mason, the, the patriarch of the family for, for everything yeah. he did for him. Um, so they set up this secret meeting and we see Victoria meet up with Terrence and, and Eddie. They were, this is when they're going to kind of confront him and try to get a confession. But she see, we see Victoria is like beside herself. She is distraught. Like she can't, she can't do whatever they're doing anymore. Like, so she's really having a hard go of it. So she, he decides to leave and Lucy's really upset. Cause they're like, I thought we were going to get our justice, but then something kind of clicks in his brain when he's like, uh, they get back. He finally takes the bandages off. But basically, he's like the conversation he had with Victoria about the black the money going out of the accounts. He's like they were coming out on the third of the month. I'm not sure what it means, but is there something important? And he's like, there's a lot that could be important, but for me, that's the day that my mother was murdered. So something clicked in his brain about something going on, and we see his new face. He definitely Ooh, looked better just before. Looked- I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, he was hotter before. He had the cool scar. We touched on oh. that it was uh, it was his adopted sister who's or uh, adopted sister is probably the wrong word to use when she slapped him in with the, the ring. face. Yeah, with the ring. Yeah, she oh, had, she, yeah. Had, when, she had like a sharp ring on it when she slapped him, and it gave him. Yeah, that when he caught her cheating. Scar. Yeah, he gave. Yeah, I think we missed. We we were trying to get through this very dense yeah. plot. <laughs> so this is where it all kind of comes together. So he. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. So he walks into the Caraway house with Victoria there with his new face. And she's just like, who the fuck are you? And just beating him with a candlestick, <laughs> candelabra thing. And it's like, I mean, that's honestly, like, that's good. That's the correct response. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. 
Uh, and finally, stick in the ballroom. He notices. <laughs> he notices the eye. She she notices it's him, and basically he's like, "Yo, what's up?" And basically, Victoria confirms everything that we know, and she was also part of the blackmail scheme because she was tied to Terrence. But we've also find out that Ivy revealed to her that she had a brother who had gone missing. We I think we all know. No, we know that Silas now. Um, and then Victoria saw an opportunity to help out Terrence here. Um, and we find out that they have a relationship going back years. They um, had a very brief romantic relationship. Um, well, they tried to. But he's, she he's tried to. Not Terrence straight, could yeah. not. He is not straight. So that did not work out well. But then they became friends and business partners as well. Um, and they were going through that, all this stuff. And then. Um, Basically, Victoria figured out that Ivy was one of the people blackmailing Terrence and that Ivy was the direct connection to Silas, who was the true blackmail uh, psychopath. So in order to try to end this whole scheme, she had Ivy kidnapped and accidentally tortured. Mr. She basically called Mr. Nash to take care of it. And if you tell people like that to take care of it, they always do the worst option. Yeah, don't don't hire a fixer to do Right. So he basically kidnaps her and tortures her and Victoria shows up and is like, can you fucking not do that, you piece of shit? And then Ivy's a bit of a scrapper. She's a fighter and she's like tries to fight back, bites Victoria in the nose, and base and Mr. Nash like kicks her in the fucking head and like kills her. And we felt like so Ivy this whole time has been dead. And one of the things that Victoria has been struggling with keeping this secret and being blackmailed and he, uh, Hark notices that she has these two huge scars on her wrist and then Mason shows up and is like, oh, she's being sent away. She has a plane to catch tomorrow and she just kind of walks away. It's like, I, I'm just, so, I'm too tired. I, I just needed help. So she's having some problems. Obviously she tried to well, commit suicide here and struggling with a lot of stuff that's been going revealed, on because she doesn't know how to deal with things. She also reveals that, um, Eddie's like, uh, you know, Mason has been pumping money into Chinatown. And she's like, well, I, this is my project. I've been doing that. And he's like, why? And he's like, you're yes. an idiot. It's like, she was doing it yeah, for like him. You. So he would, so he would come you, over You, you fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that there could be a safe haven so in Chinatown so that they, they could be, be together. together. Yeah. 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 So then we kind of find out where like Ivy kind of. Um, we, we kind of see her story trying to understand what's going on. And she created these, this story about the hatchet man and all these people that she's visited over the time. Like a lot of them have ended up dead. Um, and over the course of time, like, you know, Silas is kind of following up and was like cleaning up that mess in like a fucked up way. (laughs) Um, yeah, Silas, Silas, just a completely unhinged lunatic trying to make everything better. And is just like leaving bodies in his wake and then once you know and this is the big fight she left obviously because she was kidnapped but her and mason had that fight about what was going on and then again this we're getting all between this we're getting flashbacks interspersed of last couple days of hark investigating um his mom's murder investigating his mom's murder and ultimately he now confronts uh, Mason is like, who killed my mother? Because 
a while back, I responded to another call and that person had the brooch uh, around, you know, around her neck that was stolen from yeah. my mother. Well, it was stolen it was from t- uh, Mason's house. It was stolen from the house. Uh, and it was, it was like it a one of a kind priceless heirloom yeah. from the Ca- uh, Callaway family that was like only could have been from the person that's, that stole it. So it's like, yeah. oh, it was just a, some random act of violence and you framed somebody so that you could serve quote unquote justice so that like I could grieve that I could believe that justice was served as yeah, a child. Mason, so Mason you just made a plant. Yeah. And falsely yeah, he just someone. he just found a random patsy and fa- falsely got that patsy he got the uh, cops executed. and all this stuff to kind of do all this stuff and then we find out he's like and then i was like i spoke to ethel who we find out i believe was another person who worked in the house um named ruby who was basically sent away to and paid off the third of every month to cover this up and keep everything secret because basically this giant cover-up like this happened you had to pay this cop you we you hired pinkertons and basically told them not to find anything even though they definitely did so and tried to keep all of this secret and it part of one, that is what caused his heart attack one piece of that puzzle uh you got you got kind of your wires crossed so oh sorry uh ruby who used ethel who used to be ruby was yeah. a a vagrant secretly living in the warehouse where ivy was murdered and Sorry. she could implicate Victoria because she saw Victoria there. So he started paying off Ethel and keeping her safe so that Victoria didn't go down for it. So basically, like, everything he's been doing has been trying to keep Victoria everyone's... out of prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just keeps... It's ruining everyone's lives more and more as he goes. Blackmail is such a mess because, like... There's only two ways it's going to end. Either you're going to run out of money and they're going to they're going to out you with whatever that you're trying to keep secret or someone's going to out you anyway. Like or, yeah, yeah, or or murder. Like yeah. those are you you got to murder your blackmailer or like it's it's uh, yeah. Um but yeah, basically the, it all he he puts it succinctly as this. Uh So I'm guessing they found Ethel and after you heard the truth, you paid her off to skip town. And kept the tab running to keep her gone. Frankie had no idea Ivy's trail was uh, was uh, was the last thing that you were looking into. You didn't want to find Ivy. Um, right. Your daughter killed the woman you loved, and you covered it up. And the weight of it caused y- your heart attack. So that's that's the whole. The scope of all of this is like. It's just this crazy family. Yeah. In, in trying up. to protect your daughter, you accidentally murdered your girlfriend. Um, yeah, or like allowed your daughter to and, murder your girlfriend and yeah. got your son killed. Yes, yeah, and both of which, both of them, him and Hark, blame them for that because Hark feels responsible for getting Frankie all wired up and being unhinged and going after people. So they kind of even after everything. They still have this moment that he respect and like still love Maze. Like he still has that connection with them, but that does not stop him from getting a full signed confession and basically saying, "If you don't double everything and shut your mouth, we're gonna release this." So 
ultimately he blackmails them back. <laughs> he, well, he blackmails them back because he's basically like, either you're going to go to prison and Victoria's going to go to prison for all of your crimes, yeah. or you're going to fund Chinatown more than you ever have to make yeah. up for all the harm that you've caused. Um, so it's really the closest thing to reparations you could possibly imagine. But Yeah. And it's funny that he runs into Terrence Chang again, but he doesn't recognize him. But this time he kind of just tells him off a little bit um, and try to kind of just. Oh, because Terrence was like the, the figure at the middle who was so clueless that he was the figure in the middle. <laughs> and then they have this nice picture here where they talk about it's like, look, do you really think we can do this contort our way and be this person? He's like, I think of way I think of it. I think of chop suey. It's like it's made in every restaurant in Chinatown. But they don't know it's not from China. And it was invented here in Chinatown to make Chinese food more appealing and less threatening. And it worked because American got comfortable with it, but it's not Chinese or American. It's a new thing. And like, he's starting to, that's the attitude he's taking. Like he's trying to build this new thing. That's not Chinese or American. It's trying to be this new thing. It was made from the circumstances that it took to survive. And now America assumes it was always there. Yeah, uh, and now yeah, you don't even it's, really it's always- see chop suey on Chinese menus anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so. insert chop suey with uh, anything. Yeah, else. I mean, there, uh, there's there's plenty of <laughs> general things on the, yeah. and yeah, sesame chicken, like all of it could be the same. Yeah, it's all apple pie at this point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it just kind of wraps up with you know them just talking about you know talking about how. These people are just trying to survive and no one really knows who anybody is, but we're just trying to create something and fight for it and be someone new and um, and just kind of have a chance to be who we are. Um, and I love yeah, that. Um, yeah. yeah, he goes through the uh, so it's like this all started because he was looking for Ivy Chen, uh, the girl that I was sent here to find the girl who died before I could. Um, and basically everyone had a different view of her. Um, yeah. you know, it, she was, uh, she was a seduct- seduct- ah, seductress to her mother. Her mother thought that she was some like, seductress who was like getting white men around, wrapped around her finger. Um, <laughs> Victoria yeah. described her as a, as a victim. Uh, Silas worshiped her as a saint. Um, and like. She was none of those. She was just another Chinese person trying to survive because sometimes survival's just hiding. So you, so you, you can't be used against you. And like anything staying hidden for too long, it risks getting lost. Because who are we? Beyond the work we take on and the legacies we inherit. In that space between our obligation to, to ourselves and our people, what's left? Who are we? Uh, maybe we're all waiting for our chance to find out. Maybe there's no reason to wait. And then the last scene is him just reveling in, in beating up some fucking racists. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, and it's fucking great. Um, I, I like how yeah, it ends it, with, yeah. with he'll be back. Like, we're yeah. not done. It sounds like, I fucking hope so, because this is a great noir detective, but I think, like, they did a great job of showing and giving us information in the back of just talking about how these is, a lot of this stuff is was supposed to be based in historical fact and reality, and that was really important to the story, because it really shows that like these were real types of people these are real issues and obviously as we've talked about like not everything has changed as much as we think it has um oh yeah well like the uh the restriction on uh asian and arab immigrants coming into the country wasn't 
repealed until 1965. Yeah. yeah. And even then, like, it was still it, severely restricted. Like, they, they allowed something like 100 a year or something like that. Yeah. Well, they limited it after in the after World War Two or World War in World War Two times, and that's when it went to 105, which is a number that resonates a few times throughout this uh, series with kind of yeah. the amount of questions yeah. that they asked at the interview as well. And then 1965 was the Immigration and Nationality Act, which really expanded to immigration that's closer to what we know it. To be. And and even when and so in 1943, America looking to uh, to China as an ally against warring with Japan lifted the Chinese Exclusion Act, and that's when they upped the number to 105. And even then, the like the the immediate repercussion of that is concentration yep. camps for Japanese, like the inter- the yeah. Japanese internment camps. And there so were like, plenty of Chinese though, people who got mixed up in all that too, because it was just oh, anyone course, who sure. was Asian identifying got thrown in the camps. Yeah, and right. so so it was this like, oh, we kind of let up a little bit here, and then cracked down worse over yeah. here, and it's just yeah, duh. yeah. We should really it's do uh, George Takai's book one of these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. What, was, what actually, is it they I called us enemy? Today. Yeah, yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just um, this is a great vehicle. It's a for... it's a perfect combination of noir detective thriller and historical uh, precedent of of uh, America's racism. Um, like yeah, just, and social just commentary smash, and things. Yeah, like social that. commentary yeah. on that, and like uh, I think uh, RJ was telling us before, like reading the the letters pages afterwards, it's like uh. Um, the writer was doing this before COVID hit, and he's like, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, here <laughs> yeah. we are again. Turns out I have even more to say than I thought I did about uh, the the racist uh, way that Asians are treated in this country. And, and like, you know, we, we focus a lot in America on specifically the treatment of, of black Americans because of how fucked up and horrible it was that, you know, the slave trade. Um, but because of that, we, we tend to minimize the, uh, horrible atrocities we've committed against every other marginalized people in this country. Um, and yeah, cause a lot of those people, you know, through the struggle and all the stuff that happened with like the civil war and stuff, a lot of those people who immigrated here took the, took their place and were treated just as poorly, if not worse yeah. uh, in some cases. And it's um, like, we wouldn't have the Panama terrible. canal. We wouldn't have the Panama canal if it wasn't for Chinese uh, immigrants. Railroads. Yeah. Oh, in general, Either. but, but specifically yeah. like, I don't know the number, but there was an entire Chinese population in Panama that just, died for the sake of that stupid thing yeah they just threw human lives at that until it was finished yeah Yeah. some 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 astronomical number like like there should be a world where there is a booming chinese population in panama but there isn't because they (laughs) were just they were just a sacrifice to the fucking god of 25 economics Twenty five thousand. yeah that makes sense yeah 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 and and so you know like it I understand why we focus on specifically like the like the the black atrocities like that we the Americans have committed, but like it it seems to silence these. And, and I, they, I, they, you know, not to discredit anything, but like no. they are a large. They're a very larger. They're a larger part of our population as well. Yeah, so those absolutely. And, and, and are, there's more also, of them as, for us. But this is also a way more recent 
atrocity in our history. Yeah, that's true. Like that's very our true. grandparents were alive for this. You know, yeah, people remember. Like, there's we can go talk to people that remember this shit. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, George, it, yeah. as you just said, George Takei wrote a book about surviving an internment camp. Right. So yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm glad that these books are being written, that, like, these stories are being tell- told that we were not privy to just a year ago, and, you know? And I think uh, it, it's great that it's being told in this medium, in this format, too, because yeah. comics and graphic novels lend lend itself so well to this kind of storytelling, and... I love that we get stories like this in this medium that we love so much. Like we get to tell these kind of stories on this show. Um, and we talked about it a little bit with mouse. Like, yes, there were animals and stuff, but putting faces to people like this cartoon comic or not, we always like, they always talk about like, once you name or put a face to something like that, you know, you unconsciously draw a connection to them yeah. and you will feel it's uh, more empathetic towards towards that yeah um, the co- comic books are it, an empathy engine yeah yeah like, when you can stop. actually realize that these are real people whether they're fictional characters or not this could be a real person that you've met before so that 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 part of your brain just turns on no matter what yeah. you do um like you know they always joke about like you know i saw this bit like, like here's a pencil its name is Steven, and then you break the pencil. Everyone's like, oh yeah. my god, why did you do that? Like, <laughs> Steven, it's just like no. your pencil vest or yeah, no. your brain just yeah, like your brain just it's like automatically is like, no, I need to protect that. It's named, yeah. it's a thing that I need to protect. But it, it's <laughs> it's also like this medium it you can sh- there, there's a lot of sh- that, that, that phrase show don't tell, right? Like yeah, you can do you a can lot just, of that. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's much easier to show someone what it was like, and it's much easier to do that in this format. And yeah. it's, it's been, it's been a, a, an interesting thread throughout this season of this show where we get to, <laughs> we get to talk about these stories, and we get to, we get to talk about these. And, and, and these perspectives that we would not be privy to otherwise. Right. You know, yeah, I think we, we have a lot of creators that you know that we don't that are telling these stories that they've lived or they know people that live that like and we don't. We were just talking about this, like a lot of this stuff I did not know prior to reading yeah. a lot of this stuff. So like this is these are things that you know a lot of people probably don't know about, even if yeah. they feel that they are informed and like. And so it's hard to. It's good that these stories are being told in a medium that's accessible. We get this important history and all of this import this grounding grounded in reality story but we also got this awesome detective story. i finally fucking found this i've been looking for this for the last 10 <laughs> minutes god damn yeah it. you've been quiet rj um okay so <laughs> so noir is interesting because it's kind of this like uh nebulous concept that no one really has <laughs> defines so like it doesn't really mean anything um and yeah Gabriel Hardman is a comic writer who writes a lot of amazing comics. He writes like Green Lantern, Earth One, and stuff. And he has a letterboxed account where he reviews movies. And on one of his reviews is like one of my favorite things that he writes where he's like, for me, noir isn't about detectives or gangsters or even expressionist lighting. It's about guilt and the past coming back to haunt you. Noir is about character, not artifice or style. And to me, this book exemplifies that to a T. 
Absolutely. It is so good. Mm-hmm. It is so, yeah. so uh, amazing at using this real, real world uh, horrific period and backdrop to create this engaging detective story. And yeah, uh, it, it makes it, it, it's so, and it's like noir can be anything from goofy uh, popcorn, you know, crunching detective stories to really, really thoughtful, engaging material. And this is, yeah. th- this is like one of the most thought out and like researched and poignant uh, noir books I've ever read. And it deserves its spot amongst like, you know, uh, Philip Marlowe and all of those great detectives. Um, it, it's really something extraordinary. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I also, I, I, it really hit me with like specifically the, the whole story of the, like the, the, the murder and intrigue and like the detective portion of that. By the end, like, I think Mason says, like, it can't all have been for nothing. And it's like all of these, right. these murders ended up being senseless and just being so useless, you know? And, and I think that contributes to what you were saying, RJ, with, like, the guilt and the, like, it being a, a more of a vibe <laughs> than adhering to a structure yeah. or, a, or an aesthetic. I love you know? that there's, like, no perfect character in this. Except maybe Lucy. She's awesome. Except for She's Lucy. Adorable. Lucy's great. Except for Lucy. And, you know, She's great. Ass. But yeah, I want Lucy to come back too. It says Harkle return, but like make sure Lucy returns yeah. too. Yeah, when you, we're but gonna it doesn't, Lucy it doesn't get better than this. It's like it's not even it, it's like a really well told story. Uh it's like perfectly paced and thought out and it's not overly complicated and not um not it's not predictable right, either. I didn't see it. I mean, and not like doesn't yeah. jump the shark or no. anything. It's just like so well done. And I, oh man, it's definitely one of my favorite things we've ever talked about on the show. Hell yeah. Well, on that note. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was a big fan. I think it's a good mm-hmm. place to stop. Right? <laughs> it's yeah, we've gone high so high long. I'm so tired. All right, we're gonna skip this week's books. We we're we're I'm I'm all out of juice here. I'm done. I'm burnt out. It is late. <laughs> um, but do uh, ju- do consider joining our Patreon. We we kind of we mentioned some other books that we've been talking about this season that are that are up on the Patreon. Uh, they're Patreon first. You guys can listen to those now or soon. I think we have one in the chamber that's going to be coming out soon on Patreon. But, you know, if, you, if you're not on Patreon, you can wait a while because we're going to put those out during our, our season breaks. But, you know, consider joining. They, not only do you get our, our Patreon stuff early, but you get a ton of other cool stuff that we're doing out there on the genre. So get on that. Check us out there. And check us out on the Discord. I'll give you that, that link in the episode description also. Come hang out. Come chat with us. Uh, yeah, so that's it for us, man. For me, for Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.